Yeah, that's right. It's kind of like a maybe a minus mm-hmm. 10. Uh, the clappy spikes. Well, my spikes hit. My spikes clip. <laughs> oh, yeah. But that's okay. Ow. That hurts my wrist. Oh, my spikes are really little. Degain a tiny bit. Well, they should be. Oh, yeah. My mic, innit? Oh, yeah. Is that the intro music? Just a clap. <laughs> no, that's me get spiked so I can synchronise the audio. We should do like a little rhythm. Yeah. Yes, in post. Aren't you doing it again? No, because he's trying to find the clap, and now there's too many claps. You've ruined it. Well, you were joining with your own rhythm, and then we build a with a with a with a, a rhythm Just. between the three of us. <laughs> How rude! Uh, oh wait, I should probably be here. Yeah, don't move mm. your chair. No, creaky chairs, isn't it? Creaky chairs get picked yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Check check your creaks. Swap it. I know. Well, that's why I'm not sitting on that one. It's a wonderful chair, but it's not... But how creaky is this one? Because this one that I'm on is pretty good. So if you want to swap it for a different one, it can make a difference. That's better. Oh, no, it's similar. Is it the floor? What? How come this chair that I'm on? Maybe it's you. Maybe it's your bottom. I think it's Al. Al has creaks. Me, I squeak. Creaky bottom. Creaky bottom? Isn't that like a name for... I'm just going to say, is that your handle? Like, while we have the different sponsors, can we also have our own handles? You can be creaky bottom. No, no, that's a place. (laughs) It's like we're here in creaky bottom. Oh. Yeah. Here we are in creaky bottom. Sounds like a murder mystery or something. Here we are in creaky bottom next Monday. Next, yeah. (laughs) Here we are when? Monday. Where? Creaky bottom. Not here. Creaky bottom. Right. So... Needle. I suspect one thing that's going to annoy me is the word so. Because I have discovered that whenever I try and record anything, that is how I start everything that I say. Me too. I and say um too much. I do that as well. I heard but someone um, you can edit. Someone saying so not this the is, amount I do it. Yeah, watch me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can you count them as you go? Let's have an erm tally. Don't no see can you search for them? Can you search for them and just put into oh, the yeah, algorithm? If I ran it through some software, I can't be asked to install. Delete all the erms. Yeah, you probably can do that with software. Yeah, days, of course you can. You? you can transcode yeah. it, transliterate it, trans yeah. transit. Remove my erms. Transificate it. I'm not doing it though. Yeah. I've already got enough to do. Edit out all those bloody erms. <laughs> my <Yeah>. so's. <laughs> Erms are fine. So, so, someone, um, I can't remember who it is. Years ago, someone said, those people who start every sentence with so, doesn't it do your head in? I'm thinking, no, I me. think that's me. And whoever people it was said, that's me before as well. said, no, no, not you. It's not It's not that kind of thing. It's when, and I Sorry. can't remember what it was. It was like, there was some complaint that wasn't what I say so, as in, let's focus again. Let's get back to the point. Let's yeah. whatever. Or therefore, well, it, 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 it works as a bridge, doesn't it? Where were we? What are we doing? So, yeah, it's yeah. like that. Therefore, okay, yeah. so we've got to this position. And now, and, and now, yeah, let's and try then. all the different synonyms. And so that, that's what I do. Yeah, not very good at it. However, I would like to ask you a very, very pertinent question. Well, then. that given that we as a species all have the power of language, and are all fluent in it. Ooh, that's pushing it. As adults. Also pushing it. And that ostensibly communication is a really easy thing to do, right? I've had a thought (laughs) that's in my head and I want that thought to be in your head. Yeah? Communication is an easy thing to do. Are they words that just came out of your mouth? I did say ostensibly, to be fair. 
So it is ostensibly. What does ostensibly mean, actually? It means so. <laughs> ostensibly, in this. Does it mean sort of more or less? It means cut all the shit away at its core. Effectively. It effectively is a yeah. good synonym, yeah. That's what I thought. That's what I use it to mean when I hear it used, but I don't know if that's actually what it means. To all intents and purposes. So it should be an easy thing to do to communicate. You have a thought, you articulate said thought in words, which is how you transmit them over the air through the medium of sound to another person who then absorbs that and has the same thoughts. Or we can do it through written media, whatever. Why is it then that universally as a species, we're all so rubbish at it? I'll tell you why. We're not fluent. Well, um, it's do. not because we're not fluent. It's because you... You did the classic thing. There's a proper name for it. I forget what it is, but you started with an assumption that's just completely wrong, which was that communication should be easy. But shouldn't it? No. It, well, it okay. bothers me that it isn't. I agree, but ask it the other way. Should communication be easy? Why? I, I would like it to be easy. Yeah. Well, okay, I'll tell you why it should be easy, because all you're doing is having a thought and transmitting those thoughts to another person's brain. Communication is how one brain gets stuff from it into another brain. Okay, so break that down. What you're trying to do is transliterate a thought via only body language and audio. Well, and all the other media through which we communicate, yeah. If we all had clear access to each other's brains and there was no need to communicate, like that thought could just be transposed directly, wouldn't we all then just be the same person, like there was one great big supercomputer? Like a so high mind kind of idea. So therefore, isn't like the need to communicate kind of part of what it means to be human, because there we are, we are having to have prolonged periods of interaction? Yes, I would say it certainly highlights our differences as individuals. There's a very famous quote, which I'm, for years had completely wrong and thought it was that every man is an island. And I believe it's... Is that it's not the right quote? No man is an island. Oh, no man. No, it's, you're correct. It is no man is an yeah, island. For years, I it's thought it was every always. man. And I'm like, yeah, every I'm totally down with that. Absolutely, every man is an island because we can't communicate. We're all isolated. Women as well, obviously. I mean, humankind. But it was is it Milton or Keats or some I, famous... I honestly, I've known it. I think Hugh Grant was the one who said, I am an island. I am F-N-I Beefer. Oh, that was, he quoted it, didn't he? What film was that? About a boy. It's one of my favourite movies. I like that film. That was fun. So I don't think communication should be easy. So you think my Because I think what we're trying to do is actually really complicated. And I think one of the reasons that, in fact, that's brilliant. What a great question, because it's led me to the realisation that one of the reasons that communication is so hard is because we assume it should be easy. So we don't put in all the hard work to say... What I'm going to do now is really blooming complicated. So I'm going to just take my time, I'm going to really focus on it. I'm going to get it right. I'm going to check it afterwards. I'm not going to presume that the other person's going to understand me. Yeah. And that 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 hits to the heart of a, a tenet that I hold dear to me: that in communication, whether it's a dialogue or in you creaked whether that's in dialogue or in group communication, it is the brain that is doing the sharing, not the brain that is doing the receiving, that holds all of the responsibility of ensuring that that transmission and receipt is completed. Ooh, you're coming out with them today, aren't you? But, because without that, it's very easy to just say something yeah, and yeah. effectively walk away yeah. and assume that what you've said 
has been understood in the way that you meant it. Yeah. And especially if it's a, a request for action. Yeah. Then those things can often easily get misinterpreted. So I always say, you know, if if you are not sure that the person has understood what you're saying, you need to do something about that. You can't simply just shout at a room of a off. Otherwise, you might as well be tweeting. I like to... Um... Yeah, you you think about things like that, and it's just that's really annoying. That's like part of the main stress of my life. So it's kind of quite nice when you have little things that actually help you do that. And one of mine is get the person to say it back to you what you said. Mm. Say the thing, yeah. get them to repeat it back to you in their own words, and it makes conversations probably twice as slow. But at least you're actually having a conversation because it's it's hard. Listening is hard. Mm. It is, and often in those kind of, like, so I think what you said was the responses of resounding, no, not at all. <laughs> Regularly, that happens. I was just looking up this quote, which I love. I, this is saying it's Alan Greenspan, but I think it was somebody, somebody when I dug deeper, but this is just a, a quick Google. I know you think you understand what you thought I said, but I'm not sure you realise that what you heard is not what I meant. <laughs> I've, I've got another one. Nailed it. That's good, isn't it? I've got another one, which was said by someone very old and wise, uh, Winnie the Pooh, obviously. Mm -hmm. Sometimes... Was uh, he old? Well, it's been around for a while now. He's got to be getting on a bit now. Yeah, right? but when he said it... Well, now he's old. Oh, when he said it, was Anyway, he was wise. Carry That's on. That's a fair objection. Sometimes you, when you think of things, they're quite thingish when they're inside your head, but it's quite different when they're out in the open and have other people looking at them. <sighs> you see, you can't beat that. Winnie the Pooh is so profound. That is really good. Mm. I would like a poo in my house to remind me of things like that. It's, it sounds a so poo wrong. with an see, H on the end. That's a good classic example of it. It was fine. In my head. head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that amazing that, that that quote was followed by you Al demonstrated, demonstrating it? it. Who'd have yeah. thought it, eh? Yeah, I'm, we, we I'm so... all do with a poo in our houses. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so down with that. I actually regularly give up on saying things because I've experienced exactly what poo describes there. Yeah. Thing, thing, thing. What I'm saying, what I'm saying, what I'm saying. Wait, this isn't even sounding right to me, and I'm the one who's trying to say it. No, I give up. Mm -hmm. I've experienced that a lot in recording when I'm like, oh, I, I thought you meant listening to me saying I give in up. my head. Yeah. That I'm like. I just need to get that out and I record it. I'm like, that's rubbish. Can I just say that for me, it's quite often the other way around. You hear other people no, and you think that's no, a load no, of twaddle. No, 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 let me say it. In my head, quite often, there's nothing really. It's quite empty. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's not a lot going on. And I say things and maybe write it down or maybe say it out loud or have it recorded or listen back and go, where the hell did that come from? That wasn't in my head. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's like the, the anti-poo. More of a? That's more of an N-I than an N-E thing. I thought, think that's a F-E. Uh, an F-R, a T-E than yeah. a T-I. They would work in function. Anyway, let's not get down that rabbit hole just now. Not right now. Everybody with our they will explain letters. the random letters at a later point, right? Yeah, possibly. Or yeah, maybe we'll not. just edit that out completely. <laughs> so yeah. Nobody notices. Yeah. <laughs> just diverge. So, I mean... Uh, one thing I often observe when Am I allowed to stuff, point out that you started that this set? Or is that just really unhelpful? It's really unhelpful. Uh, no, well, as I say, it will become it will become abundantly evident to me when I start editing this anyway. I think it's fine. Um, 
maybe what I should do is just do a big so and then pause and say what I was going to say anyway, and then I leave myself the option of to edit it out really easily if I need to. I, this is a tangent, as many things will be, but um, Ollie has discovered that I regularly say, so what's the verdict? He wants to get me a mug with, what's the verdict, what's the verdict? written on it? Not so. No? Just what's the verdict? Yeah. See, I he's say... edited out the so without even realising it there. Because that's how I, I roll. Know, I was very well aware of it. Yeah, that's yours. That's how I roll. I'm feeling quite proud of the fact that I've finally found the communication words here. At least he's been listening. Um, not, oh, yeah. Seeing observation... as this part's going to be edited out since the yeah. NI bits, isn't it? No, we like... start, we're, we're way oh, back on flight. Yeah, yeah, that was just like a three-second edit. Oh. Well, this is going to get edited now. Cause... Sorry. So, since you've now made this bit a bit that we need to edit out... <laughs> Yeah. I, I just decided that that bit wasn't really worth peeping in. I've decided that for myself. Yeah, we are trying to keep um, it half an hour. Are so. we happy with the sounds in the recording? Because this is going, you know, this is, is it worth pausing and checking anything? Mine's fine. I don't know if you've got a visual reputation. Have you got yeah, a visual reputation? Yeah, we've got. Um... One of the last podcasting I recorded was a really good conversation. <sighs> just, it, I failed on the storage on my phone, or whatever it was. No, I was my, doing. My, it is an interesting point. Quite a lot of this is, is only coming to th- minus 30 when Emily speaks particularly. But you just up the levels. Yeah, that's quite difficult when you're sharing a mic. Especially when you're... True. You can't change my loud. voice and not yours because we're sharing a mic. Well, you just need well to I, I, I mean, I can. It's he just can. more he work just in the edit. Of I can speak a bit louder then. That's exactly what the conversation I wanted to have, just a quick yeah. check so that yeah. I but, can do that. But, not, but I don't con- want to make Al's life hell afterwards with editing. Conversely, I don't want anybody to be speaking in any way that's not completely natural. Yeah, that's more yeah. about that. I normally speak we, too loud, so I was consciously probably trying not to. I've got headphones on, so I'm probably yeah. shouting. I, we're all probably shouting because we've got <laughs> headphones on. <laughs> Clear enunciation. Anyway, right. So yeah. what was I saying? I was saying something. Oh, I made an observation. So, what observation? This observation that I made, or have been in the process of making, around communication. Is, so some of the things that we've just talked about, about making sure that you get yourself across and making sure that people repeat back to you. And whose responsibility it is. And whose responsibility it is. Uh, and actually how difficult it is. I often find that in the workplace, it's much easier to... Um, and feels more natural to implement measures in your day-to-day communication with people that ensure that you are communicating properly but to do that at home feels weird and feels alien and forced and a bit worky i don't notice it but i have been accused of being worky being worky probably because i was trying to do a similar sort of thing because i i I hate accused as you know the whole yeah, that's probably a much better way to articulate that. I should probably try and find it actually. The whole jargon, speaky, like there's a way that people speak and sound and act at work that's not not natural. natural. It's yeah, not themselves. You, you know, even even work people in a pub are not the same as your mates in a pub mm. unless you've got to a particular stage in your relationship. Uh, and I just try and avoid it like the plague, whether I'm at work or I'm at home. But the upside to that at work is that there's a lot less miscommunication or the miscommunication is given fewer opportunities to raise its its ugly and misfortunate head. Mm. Whereas at home, it's easier to be much lazier 
about your speech and how you communicate with your spouse and your parents and your kids. Yeah. Uh, and I guess you, you are better known by them and expect to be understood, but more understood. I so you feel like you can be lazier without, I don't know, maybe not consciously. Like I wonder what you know the difference is between these two spaces. It's probably because in work there's a monetary value placed on time, and home you can afford to not be efficient when it comes to time. Uh, mm. And and I, <laughs> and I do well, think like, yeah, I, I, having those conversations with family and why shouldn't we be efficient? Yeah, be efficient with time. Well, we all quite like being efficient. Yeah, yeah. but a lot of people probably don't feel that it's fair. I don't know if we like right being efficient. I think no, that we I, want to do so many things that we have we to be efficient to. in order I, I to do them. Definitely. Efficiency is beautiful. I love it. Yeah, I find it elegant it, and that I appreciate it in a deep way. Not necessarily even efficiency. It's just a deep hatred of waste. Yeah. yeah. That's more where I'm at. I cannot abide waste, whether it's energy, that's such time, a, resources, whatever. That's so down to an individual perspective, isn't it? Because you could sit and say nothing, and that isn't a waste. We'd all agree in those moments where that's absolutely valuable. That's that's not a waste. So, Unless you're defining... recording a podcast, because that's a shit podcast. Well, it depends. It could be a really profound moment. You did it, in fact, on a voice message. You like did a, a dramatic did. pause, and they were hilarious. <laughs> I can't remember what they were for now, but they were really well done. Just an ASMR, <laughs> AMSR, ASMR podcast of just breathing. Yeah. <laughs> That's just creepy, Al. Oh, oh, Sorry. It is just creepy, it isn't is it? Creepy. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, I'm, I know we're not going to talk loads about education at this juncture, but I do it's think that those things, whether it's personality, um in the sense of basic psychology at a low level that all humans, I think, should be aware of, or communication, or there are just some fundamental things about being human that we know better now, that there are actually ways of articulating that I'm sure people are doing for younger people. And what you were teaching in a school, and they said, what is it? Behaviour is now recognised as a form of communication, so, yeah, rather than just saying bad behaviour, punish it. It's more saying, what are they trying to communicate with that behaviour? And rather than getting stopping at the point of the behaviour and not going any further, you know, using the... the uh, actually, the teachers were told to be curious about the behaviour and what the, the behaviour was trying to communicate. Yeah, so I think there's a lot more... You know, that is wisdom that mm. actually could really make a difference. You were saying yourself, like these kids, if that's the basis that they're starting their educational life, you know, in that environment and learning from that position, they could be a whole different spectrum of humans, actually. Mm. Now, maybe that's being a bit rose-tinted. I'm not pointing that at you. Good, just, there's, there's so much but, knowledge that we now yeah. have as a species about yeah. how to how to human better. Yes, exactly. And how to society better. Yeah. And yet that knowledge is in the hands of a scant few. Yeah. And, and, and understood often, by fewer. Exactly. <laughs> it's often not been um, translated into a consumable format. You, you know, you can find it if you know where to look or if you're really, really obsessed with finding out information in those fields, but it's not actually readily available. No, it's not at all. Hence the kind of conversations we have about, oh, you could have an app for that. Well, if you wrote an app for that, how would that work? Just, you know, there must be ways of modelling some of this stuff in a simpler 
format that's more accessible to more people. And I think communication is a classic contender for that. Why don't we teach communication at schools? It is actually the fabric of oh, everything we do as humans. Absolutely. So why isn't there a... I mean, there's so many of these kind of things about understanding people and personalities and not just communication, but communication styles, all yeah. of these things that yeah. a few experts know. And, you know, bless them trying to communicate. I mean, they probably write papers on it. Some people yeah, yeah, probably, I'm sure they do. People writing books on it, but how many people pick up those books? Yeah. You know, maybe if there was a book called How to Human, hey, people maybe. would stop with the excuse of, well, it's not like we come with a manual. You're going to edit that out. Surely, so surely that we could write a manual. So that nobody steals the your world idea. Could write a manual. Must be one. I think we're going to find it and get them to sponsor us. Or we'll just write it and we'll be sponsored by, just go buy my book, please. It's really good. Can we just edit that bit out and say we are sponsored by How to Human? Because that's a really good one. It's a book we haven't written yet because we actually have no idea what words to put in it. We just really want it to exist. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That will be our sponsor. That's brilliant. We're sponsored by the future concept (laughs) (laughs) of How to Human. Your your guide to human better communications, better. Uh, that's yeah. a thread we can definitely. So, if you were going to put together uh, a guide to help people, especially would that be in schools learning different communication skills? What would you call that? What subject would that be? Maths, English, biology, and communication. Communication. I think it is because you look at communication. Can we call it humanities? Ooh. Yeah, that's a good idea. Well, it's better than geography, isn't it? They do have that yeah, social skills. Kind of, what's it called? A PSHE. Yeah, that's it. Is it that? It might be. It might be PHSE. It might be HSPC. Isn't that? Well, they have sex education. and. No, it's the physical, sexual and health education. Yeah, or something like that, that would come into it. It would come into that section. Sounds like a terrible way to pigeonhole it into the hands of people not capable of communicating it. Unless they've been trained and they've read the manual. Yeah, they'd have to read the manual. But it, again, I mean, isn't like that a huge problem? Let's say that this could all be condensed into the manual of how to human. You've then got to disseminate, disseminate that information. Well, that was one of the things that was nice about the, the academy's kind of, I don't know what they call it, teacher training, staff handbook, whatever it was, is... They are doing that, some of these establishments. And it's like you said, there will be people that... Hours and hours and hours of stuff on TED and TEDx where mm. you will find this content. It's not that it's not out there. Um, you have to look for it. It's you not, have to look for it. served. And what, do you, and what do you look for as well? Because there are... How to human. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, how to human would be a good way into it. One of the things that I think is interesting with communication is just the question of what's it for? Mm-hmm. I want to go back to what is communication. Yeah, same same sort of concept. Like why? Because it's there are yeah. lots of ways in which communication is used. So going back to the original, I, I, it was merely a proposition of mine that's there to be challenged. That communication is how we as brains get stuff from inside us into somebody else's brain. I mean, is that an agreeable definition at no. the most fundamental level? No. Okay, and go. Well, because the brain is a is a biochemical organ, and I think communication is about the whole human. Okay. So, so I, what you're getting yeah, at, I, I agree meant, with. But the I think brain has the, the ego, the, the the me. 
Yeah, and more, it's the whole human. Thinking about people at the yeah. moment where humans have been separated from other humans, what happens when, you know, has communication been diminished because of pandemic? pandemic? Or, have, or has it just gone digital? Well, and that's kind of why I say about the brain, because I think there's, there's learning, there's communicating to learn. I want to learn something. I want to teach you something. You know, so we had a fascinating guy who wanted to teach us all manner of things the other day on an interesting Zoom call. Like proving hell existed. It got really exciting. Um, so some people wow. want to teach. Some people want to learn. Some people yeah. want to do a bit of both. Yeah, those brains that's- have something inside them. Exactly. So that's the brain to brain conveyance of information. But hugging, that's a communication. Yes, from, that, from one brain to another. But mm. the, my brain is trapped in my body. I mean, we, we're going to end up, and we are already in the in the depths of semantics here. Yeah, I just think brain is a physical organ. Consciousness but, is an easier... Would you rather say human? Yeah. Ca- case in point, right? I mean, we've, we've been together for 40 this. years or whatever it is yeah. now. Yeah. And can still I can still say something that I think is at the core. And you go, no, it's not because. And everything you said is true and everything I've said is true. Yeah. And if we can't do it, then we might as well just fucking give up. <laughs> like, what is the point? Because <laughs> well, no, I, I, I do on. understand what you're saying. I just think particularly if this is being communicated to other people, those nuances are really important. And I yes, think, agreed. Yeah, yeah. You know, we all agree on that. So, so I, fundament, I agree with the fundamental principle of what you're trying to convey, but I think that brain for some people is too biological a term to convey what you're actually saying. Yes. Uh, yeah, I did encompass the metaphysical and emotional into that. Yeah. I meant being. I think that can was I probably. Just, can I just say, like, better. using kind of the metaphor of trying to put what's in your brain into someone else's brain? Why? Like, why would you want to do that? Isn't that just like an inflated ego? I want to be seen. Not at all. I if want need to be understood. If you need somebody to pass the salt, or you want to tell something that someone that you love them, it's not an egotistical thing to do. Not all actions are egotistical because they've come from inside but why do you want to tell someone you love them is it just so that you can feel that they love you and then you can feel affirmed maybe we could just not try and get the contents of our brains into other people's heads and just try and get the contents of their mm-hmm. heads into our heads how do you and then ask what would happen that how do you convey that you wish to understand what's in their head that's how do you ask them to begin the yeah. download Maybe you, just, you're right. I think you, uh, maybe people who spend, you know, uh, like their lives in complete silence. Is that what they're doing? Mm. Why do they do it? Why do monks have places where they don't talk so they can just receive rather than trying to convey anything to those people around them? Does mm. that change anything? Are they still communicating? Yeah. Yes, they are in their own way. I, I think they're so. slightly mad. What's mad? Those people. Taking a vow of silence. Permanent vow of silence. I can understand it. I don't. I think there's lots of people and lots of madness. Ah, yeah, yeah. If it's like fasting, I think that's much easier to understand if you're yeah. going to take a vow of silence for between this and that time. Yeah. Um, in order to dot dot dot. But I I don't understand why you would cut yourself off from our most powerful tool. Wow, that's profound. <laughs> I think that becomes about a deeper communication because if you're not talking, then it would be about communication with yourself. Mm. A lot of our kind of reaching out to people around us and to things around us is a way of some, not always, but as a way of sometimes 
not having to face ourselves, not having to sit in that silent place where we're kind of looking inwards and are conversing with our our deeper self. Does that make that more egotistical? Mm. Um, yeah, possibly. In that sense, I like silence. I've I've done you know silent retreat weekends as a kid because I talk a lot. My parents were really keen for me to take part. Were Fundamental you to my existence. Sponsored silence, 24 hours of silence. It was a nightmare. As a kid, it was so hard. You imagine... Yeah, yeah. you are more extroverted than that. <laughs> but I mean, I, you know, if I try and got Michael to do a sponsored minute silence, I'm not sure he could do it. Well, that was me as a kid. That was yeah, like yeah. just non-stop chatterbox. So that was really, really hard. But as an adult, I've, I've intentionally... Sometimes because I feel like communication is too hard and I want to give up. So I kind of actively retreat into silence as a, not as a penance, as like an escape. Um, but I've also done it as kind of like going to a Buddhist monastery with a friend for a weekend just to not say anything. And I, I, th- I really value silence, not particularly in that context. I mean, that's fine, but I love walking in the hills in silence. I love walking by the sea in silence. Yeah. I, I like there being space. So yeah, that's space to think, isn't it? And, and, and reflect, which yeah. again, as I say, it's, it's a fundamental part of my being. I, I need me space. I need silence. I need, um, you know, to go and lock myself in a cupboard. <laughs> Discuss. I don't have I don't have cupboards. I can do that here, sadly. And this house is quite open plan. But you know, I I need that space to decompress. I have to uh, switching off the input. I guess is what yeah. that is, and that's all kinds of sensory input, or switching one kind of sensory input to another. Like as you say, in being, um, you know, on top of a hill you've just climbed, and having absolutely no desire to have a conversation with anybody people you just walked with or the people you just met mm. that's not silence that's just a totally different soundscape and visualscape it's like i'm just going to take this input right now yeah. and everything else can go do one because this is it this is beautiful so is communication just human to human if you were on a wow. desert island you know stranded for years would you be communicating mm. Or would you say this is a time where in which I am not communicating because I'm on an island? My definition Ooh. of communication would include something about meaning and a conveyance of meaning or information. Yes, so I think... It requires a... multiple consciousnesses, doesn't no, it? No, I don't agree with that. Oh, wow. How can you communicate? I mean, you can't just talk to a tree and call no, that communication. No, you can receive communication, though, and communication is not of one way. It's not like... Uh, okay, you're redefining input there, though, aren't you? Would you have to believe in a higher being in order to be on a desert island and be able to communicate? Would you have to have be having some sort of a spiritual experience, or could the communication just be with yourself? It depends what wildlife ah. is on the island. What is no wildlife? Though? Her I, question is essentially saying if the I communicate with my hamsters and they communicate back, and the gerbils for that matter, you know, and they do. That's that How is about communication. Plants? If there were no animals and you were just planting plants. Um, I'm tending them. I don't have very good conversations with my plants. So does it depend on the person then? We're just into different things. <laughs> but they no, eat like no I think this is a really fundamental point about communication that I, I think it has to involve two consciousnesses. My problem with 
getting into that really is I've not really in my life experienced there not being two consciousnesses because of my relationship with whatever you want to call God. I so one of my most profound experiences around communication was just on my own walking up a hill at university in Aberystwyth. And I can't remember what I saw, but I saw something and thought, um, Ooh, you know, Oh, that, that's like, I've received some meaning there. Or did I just make that up? Mm -hmm. Is it possible to just make up meaning about stuff? Well, of course I can. I can look at this and my imagination can make up this and I can look at that and my imagination can make up that, but doesn't that still mean something? Isn't meaning like the experience of existence? And can you make up meaning that isn't meaningful? But that that's just potentially gaining an understanding of something. It's not it's not communicating. My closure to that episode is I would describe all that as receiving communication because to me that that derivation of information that is more than just is that because you're you're saying it's inspired and therefore no. it's communication. Well, then, then uh, well, I, I that's to... what no, that's what I was saying. I don't know because because that's my experience is is I do believe in. I think having an internal dialogue of a spiritual nature isn't necessarily. It's a it's a really niche form of what we're talking about here. And you could, I think, you would argue that if if you are of that persuasion, then that is still a dialogue of some form between two consciousnesses. But then if God doesn't exist and those people like me are having those communications, are they actually communicating? And therefore, is it any different to talking to the trees? Well, then they are not necessarily communicating, but acting out an imagined communication in their brain. That's not necessarily communicating. Interesting. Hmm... I would say that I'm still going back to it's if if more than one consciousness is not involved, then it's not communication. It's imagination. So it's let's thinking. suppose let's suppose you've just or just talking discovered the concept of gravity by watching the world around you with no living creatures that eat and breathe and move. Okay, and you're now like wow. I think I've got this like this concept. I get it. I've observed things and I am now wiser. What, what's happened there? Would you say that's happened without any communication? You've just understood something. That's thinking. Okay, so understanding it's and music. thinking is in isolation from communication. So Absolutely. there was yeah, a thought. No, yeah, completely different concepts. There was yeah, a thought yeah, that yeah, wasn't yeah. in your head and then it's arrived in your head. Yeah. Where has it come from? Well, has that I, thought okay, that's not a come... really, really profound question. Yeah. And I, I, is it not being? Is that sort of not being communicating to you oh, if it has on. arrived yeah, okay. in your you, head you from could nowhere? Have, you could say that, yeah. Of course, you could say that. But I think a lot of people would give you a bit of a strange side eye if you were. Well, they do. They do all the time. Yeah. Because <coughs> I don't. I don't think that's conventional. I also don't really think that's what we're talking about. We're we're talking about communication, not asking whether if you have an idea, it has been communicated to you. I think we're exploring the nature of what communication is. And I In think its the, most basic the, form. The easiest way to yes, narrow no, it. you're right. That is what we're trying to get to. Yeah, and if we're trying to narrow it down to what is what actually is human-to-human communication, I'd say well, it's say, the communication between human human. humans. 
I don't see human to human. No, but do you see, uh, if 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 we say, well, isn't it just the the arrival of something new? You could say, well, from my prefrontal cortex. I didn't say it was the arrival of something new. There's not 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 novelness, novelty, novelness. Come on, where's my word here, guys? <laughs> It's a bad one. It's a bad area of English. You've gone into a nasty area. Novelty. Novelty. Thank you. It's all right. The the novelty doesn't come into it. The novelty of the concept is just is utterly moot here. This is just simply about the transmission of transmission of information from one person to another via whatever medium. Um, Again, just to defend myself, you might say this is unconventional, but just to be clear on why novelty is important is if it wasn't new to you, it's not a communication because you already had it. If someone, no, that's yes, complete bullshit, man. Bear with me. I've because, written stuff down on here. Yeah. You can read that. Yeah. I have communicated to you through the medium of words. And if I read it again? Then you're still being communicated to. A second time? It's still communication. Because it's time-bound. So anything that... What? Anything that... It's new. It's a new point in time at which no. I'm receiving the information. Okay, Novelty well. is not a criteria for communication. That's complete nonsense, man. I think it's just how you interpret novelty. There's an online definition of communication, which is described as the act of developing meaning among entities or groups through the use of sufficiently mutually understood sign symbols and semiotic conventions. Yeah, okay. But so that's stipulating between groups. Yeah. Doesn't say it's given down. Entities or groups. Entities is a good word, actually. Yeah, it's a good word. Mm. Better than consciousness. But it is about meaning, though. Yeah, it is. Symbols. But that meaning might be, I am sitting in a chair, right? I have just communicated to you that I'm sitting in a chair. I am I'm actually salt. currently sitting in this chair. So my very being is communicating to you that I'm sitting in this chair. But I can say to you now, I'm sitting in this chair. I just communicated that to you, but it was not novel. Because you, you already know that. So I don't think novelty has any bearing on whether something is being communicated. I mean, road signs are communication. Mm-hmm. You're telling me the second time you see a road sign, that's not communication. Communication yeah. doesn't have to obviously be something new, but the point was being, if there was nothing in your brain and something arrived, it's come from somewhere. And then does that not create the idea that it's been communicated between, from one source to another? I think I you're know, misunderstanding that, yeah, what the I meant by novelty, though. My novelty is to do with the temporal flow. So you can drive past the same road sign 16 times, but each time it is that time at which you see it, which it is communicating to you. And that's relevant how? That's what I meant by novelty. I'm just clarifying what I meant. A communication is temporally bound to this moment and therefore in well, its Everything time. in existence is temporally bound to the moment it happens in existence, unless really? you're a photon. Well, exactly. If you're a photon, it's not. Where, where are thoughts stored? Stored? Are thoughts stored? Yeah, exactly. So you can't prove that everything is temporally... Stored. Mine aren't stored. No, no. Mine just come and go. Yeah, likewise. I don't yeah, think thoughts from are where? Well, I don't know. I'd love to know that. Is it communication? No. Prove it. it if they're stored somewhere else... And then they're pushed to you in novelty. No. I don't believe that to be true. Fair enough. I think what I'm trying to get at is you can have a piece of information in your head and you can think about it and you're saying that that's thought, not communication. Correct. If you're sitting there, I can have observed that you're sitting there. To say that you've communicated that with your being is no different from that plant that is just standing there. So you said earlier that probably isn't communication. That's just me thinking. 
when you say I am sitting here, the communication is making a new imprint on my brain. Because yes, I knew you were sitting there, but why are you saying that to me now? If you said it a second time, I'd think something different. If you said it a third time, I'd start developing a theory. If you said it a fourth time, I might be on the phone to some people who might go. <laughs> it's different each time. But dude, I am sitting here. Yeah, and your tone would have an effect. Yeah. What do the flaws in communication communicate? You know, when communication yeah, goes yeah. wrong, inverted mm. commas, mm. I think there might have to be a use of like wrong or poor communication. Yeah, no, I think it's valid. Because commu- is there such a thing as poor communication? Okay. Because poor communication is still communicating something. Oh, but badly. And I think poor communication is often way worse than no communication at all. Isn't that like the way thing worse. about behaviour, though? So so the school saying behaviour is a form of communication. So if, if a child behaves badly rather than just saying, you're naughty, you must be sanctioned before you just take action, yeah. experience the communication, kind of go, and okay, what, is, what is, are you communicating? Behaviour, especially in young kids, before they've got all of the words that they want to be using, temper tantrums and various things mm-hmm. like that are a totally valid form of communication. So now roll the clock forward 40 years, where you were never really gained the vocabulary and you were never taught that that wasn't the way you should be communicating and you're basically just a violent, aggro, poor communicator... Yeah. And you're sent to jail. It, that's your question, isn't it? Is what is, I can't remember quite how you put it, but what, what, when you what do the flaws in communication communicate? Yeah. Do they communicate a, a lack of growth? So apply the 80 20 rule to this rather than thinking of the extremes, like your example of the, the uh, delinquent youth, which I think is a very valid case and actually often the it's the Occam's razor approach to why they are how they are right however I think in the majority of conversation the failures in communication I think so in the majority of communication um, comes down to simple laziness you can't be asked this is like going back to what I was saying about it's much easier to be in that mindset when you're at work and you're in a professional environment where you're in a meeting or a workshop mm. or whatever that rather than at home, where we switch into this, look, I have to do that shit at work all the time. I'm at home now. Just understand me, damn it. And I think a lot of miscommunication comes down to laziness. And I'm yeah. pointing the finger at myself as much, if not more than anybody else there, that I just can't be asked. And and I don't think any of us can be, like, all the time. It's really hard to sustain arsedness <laughs> I think, it, it I think we do hard. just want to be understood yeah. and would really like to imagine that that could just ha- happen organically and easily without yeah. the effort yeah. and I think the moments when I'm just like but I said it once already and you've got to go and explain it again like it's frustrating but I really like what you said before Matt which was you know isn't isn't the point of isn't that the issue that we think it's easy we think it's going to you know, we think it should be a certain way and accepting yeah. that it's always going to be work makes it less work. I tend to get frustrated in life when I think things are going to turn out easy and then they don't. When I expect things to, ter- to, be, to be a struggle and they are a struggle, I'll just go on with it. But you probably have the flip side of that. It's like, okay, I've got to print a sheet of paper. <sighs> I'm going to put the kettle on. I'm psyching myself up. The printer never works. When it works, it's out of ink. <laughs> it's just 
this is my nemesis. Um, in fact, I'll do it tomorrow because I don't need to do it today. Okay. Okay, I really have to do it now. Right. Oh, I've got a piece of paper. That was easy. It took me about 15 seconds. And I've spent three days putting it off, drinking tea, not doing things, twiddling my thumbs, basically not wanting to do the hard work because I thought it was hard work. So I wonder what the flip side would be if you started to think communication shouldn't just be easy. Communication is just damn hard work. If I'm going to try and communicate anything, I need to make myself a cup of tea, take a deep breath, engage for the long haul. I'm just not going to bother. That depends entirely on your attitude to hard work. Because the you know the flip side yeah. of what you said is the, the, the printer is going to be hard work. There's a chance. There's a chance it might work. There's a chance it's going to be hard. Let's see which one it is. Because I'm open to both. Oh, yeah, look, that's the printed. healthy view, isn't it? Oh look, it didn't print. Well, that's fine because do you know what? I've got three more days. I've got three more days. I'm just going to keep assholes. on. <laughs> printers are assholes. All so, of them. Yeah, they are. Apart from actually my fancy pants printer that I printed all the. Well, Please don't show off. You shouldn't have said that. Please don't say it's that. Really, no, no. Like it's in a cupboard. It's not even plugged in. Yeah, but is it locked? Yeah, we're going to take it. It's ours now. No, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If yeah. you've got the one printer in the world that saves all of Dude, the, it comes like a quid to print a photograph on that thing. It's really, really expensive. Okay, yeah, but it's it's never let me down. It's just the normal workhorse printer. This thing does my nothing every time I use it. But I mean, I once bought a printer. Exactly I once bought a printer and it didn't work. And I called them up and said, it doesn't work. And I said, could you mend it? And they said, no, we'll send you another one. Sent oh, me another yeah, one, yeah, plugged it, it in, didn't work. And I said, can you can you mend this one, please? God, please mend this one. They said, no, 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 we'll send you another one. That's cheaper to just send me another one. Printer graveyard. Like, mm. my house just became a printer graveyard. Yeah, I was living true. in actual physical no. printer I mean, hell. E-waste is an entire topic in itself. Yeah. I would happily rant about for years and communicate to anybody who's there to sit and listen to me ranting about Fluffy anyway. So when the printers, you know, do that to us, what are they trying to communicate? The frailty of humankind's ability to design things that are supposed to do what they're supposed to do. They're saying enough. I'm not a slave. I'm not your slave. Enough. I don't think they're a conscious entity. No. Or they don't qualify. But how come they're all the same? How come they're working together? How come they're trying to, you know? That's the people. Breakers. That's what Matt said. Mm. The people that made them. They modelled. Yeah, I mean, we we are digressing a little here into the topic. It's a little off topic. However, designed obsolescence. Designed obsolescence, and the the the, the revenue model for printers is completely arse about face. It's this fairy dust ink that costs more than liquid gold or whatever it is. It's ridiculous, and the printer costs threepence halfpenny to produce because wow. it's just. 3D printed plastic parts and it's not 3D printed obviously it's all injection molded but whatever printers printing printers I know, printing 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 but that's like going to the next hegemonizing swarm which will take a universe yeah. but let's not go down there because that's a nightmare scenario Printception is just yeah. it's probably one hegemonizing swarm of printers taking over anyway, that's the future so communication you asked something really important or you made an important point before the printers that I wanted to say something about and I've forgotten about it now and I did say to myself before we started this podcast I was going to have a pen and paper to write down things because, like I said to you yesterday or whenever it was, I have no idea what I'm saying ever. And I'm just riffing off the last seven words that I said. So now we've gone on to printers. We're just talking about printers now. It's gone. The last thing that I remember talking about was um, when communication goes wrong. Oh, yeah. 
that's all I need. Thank you. So no, because I'd answered that. It was all about laziness. No, but I was saying it's not all about laziness. I think it brings people together. I, I think, I mean, I'm, I don't know the science of it at all. Um, but I think that kind of concept of your psychological health influencing your communication. Oh, heavens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that's you can't ignore that. You, and when you said, yeah, you know, yeah. let's do the 80-20, let's stick with the mainstream, let's use real examples, not the bad people who've gone to prison because they're at this end, not these people. I just think, yeah, fine. But I I see it all the time in relationships where I have a reaction and then I later go away and go, well, what was that about? Oh, that was because that used to happen in that situation. And I'm responding to that in this situation. That's ridiculous. Yeah. But that's what I'm doing. I yeah, think that's yeah. from, and I think, from what level of, of your being are you communicating from? Is that that's going coming from the ego, or are you communicating from a deeper level? And you know, there's different le- levels of people communicating to other different levels of people. Probably, but I guess when you're talking about like what what does bad communication communicate? What does it tell us? I think a lot of the time it tells us that we haven't we haven't learned ourselves well enough to understand ourselves. And that is now influencing how we expect others to understand us. So, yeah, a a deep frustration of mine with communication is a a lot of people will observe and remark to me that I can often sound quite wordy and verbose. And that's just down to me trying to be accurate and actually convey with nuance, what it is that I'm thinking that I'm trying to communicate to somebody. And then when I'm misunderstood and I say, yeah, but I said like these specific words in this specific order that mean exactly what I meant. And that's clearly not what's been taken away from this here. You know, brackets, what's wrong with you people? It's really easy for me to get into that mindset of, I don't know what more I could have done. Stomp, 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 stomp. Mm. I've done my bit, damn it. Stomp, stomp, stomp. Mm. Which is back to your thing about who's responsible, you know, is the yeah, responsibility like, with the person who's communicating. I feel I've taken my responsibility yeah. seriously there and used the right words in the right order to try and communicate something. But but it but hasn't it's still gone in one ear and out the other, you know, whether that's work or at home or anywhere. Yeah. It's so easy to do that even when you're making the effort. So, you know, whilst I refer to my previous comment of the onus is on the person person doing the communicating, it's like, but not to, you still got a responsibility to listen. (laughs) I also Mm -hmm. think, right, going back to the, you know, the core of why there are so many inverted commas problems with communication, um, it's the idea you know, that, that you started with in the beginning. If you've got an image in your brain that you're trying to get across to to someone else and you want to know that they've, you know, they've got the same one, I think one of the issues is that quite often we think we know ourselves and we don't. We think we know what we mean. We don't, we don't know what we mean. That was what I was just saying. Yeah, exactly that. so it's only often until, um, you know, there's a story of there's two people going through a divorce and, you know, one of those people is coming to me and they're confiding in me, you know, about this other person. And they're going like, but I don't know what they mean. I don't know what their intention is. I just don't understand them. Like, here's the story. Can you explain to me what's going on in their head? And you can hear the story. You can hear how they're behaving, how this person is acting and how and things that they're saying. And so often it's really clear that they don't know. 
They don't know mm. what their narrative is. Mm. Tell me what their narrative is. Why can't they communicate you know, their story? Why can't they communicate their needs? And the answer often is that, that we don't know them. So I think part of the role of communication is getting the stuff out of our heads and then for us to yeah. look back at it and for us to, from that point, only at the point when it has left our heads, can we look at it from a fresh angle and try and understand ourselves better. Because I think we think we, the issue is we think we understand ourselves, but we don't. That then, based on what you said at the beginning, sets you way ahead of us because we both said, we think we know it really clearly in our heads. In fact, we do. And then we say it out loud. And even as we listen to ourselves, we go, that didn't really come out sounding like the really clear picture that I got in my head. And you said, oh, I'm the opposite. So for you... No, no, I'm not speaking about me. I'm speaking... Obviously, I am speaking a little bit about all of us. I think anyone who who is, seems to be really certain about what's in their head and really certain about who they are, really certain about what their story is, I doubt them. They're yeah. usually really dangerous people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what I understand from what you're saying there or what I what I took away from that is actually what it's not easy to communicate the human experience. It's much easier to communicate facts and figures and stuff like things, tangible yeah. things like I want a drink or yeah. I went to the park. Yeah. But this thing happened to me and I felt and she said and he said and and there's so much more to the to you know doing human, the whole how to human experience than stuff. Yeah. You know, there is nuance that actually it's it's not only difficult to articulate but it's actually difficult to process and even yeah. understand like at a fundamental level who am i what am i feeling yeah how did i feel during that experience yeah. so what do, and what and then what does that tell me what do i do about that yeah, yeah. then trying to communicate that to somebody else i'm not surprised people struggle i struggle it's really hard really really hard so- so often we talk about communication and we talk about words. We talk about the words that we use to communicate, the words that we use to get out the thing that's in our heads. And there's one story that my friend Peter Rowland have heard him tell. And he he is planning to meet up with a friend. And, you know, he says, okay, so we're going to this pub um, and I will see you there shortly. And we can talk about that thing that we need to talk about. And he gets in the car, he drives for 40 minutes, he goes to the pub, his friend's not there. His friend's not there, he's not at the pub. And then he's like, hang on, there's a branch of this pub outside my house? And yet I got into my car and I drove for 40 minutes. So he calls up his friend in all honesty saying, mate, I had an appointment with you. I thought that I wanted us to have this conversation, but I didn't, my actions have betrayed me. I have got into the car and I, I, I have deliberately come to the wrong place because I was not ready to have that conversation with you yet. And there's, Ooh, there's so, possibly putting two and two together and making five there after the event. But those sorts of things can happen. Our actions can betray our beliefs. Mm. We say that we believe that we um, love teenagers and young people and we are not scared by them and we don't judge them. We, we can say that to people. But then we find ourselves getting on the bus yeah. and not sitting near the back because there were some guys there in hoodies and we didn't like the look of them. Mm. So suddenly our words uh, about our beliefs, are w- the things that we thought were in our heads, that we weren't racist or that we, you know, whatever it was. And suddenly we notice that our actions Don't are betraying us. 
And so Devel, I think there were quite a few ways for us to kind of examine our communication and examine ourselves and try to kind of learn the different ways, not maybe not just words. Mm -hmm. Or actually, even in words, sometimes you can say words by accident. What there's a word for that, isn't there? When you um it's not a spoonerism. Like it's a something, malapropism or whatever. Yeah, when right when one? you drop things in and you're like, slip. your Freudian slip. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And you can say something rude by accident, and you're like, oh, I didn't mean to say that, but like, did I? My mother, um, once when my ex-husband was speaking in Spanish, my mother said, oh, he sounds like Hitler. <laughs> and then oh, I didn't mean to say that you know it's suddenly the wow, things that kind extreme. of pop out of your I do think it's really dangerous trying to seek meaning in past events in hindsight like that because you can so easily just be unbelievably wrong and cause tremendous amount of hurt to yourself and to other people I mean, obviously um, in doing stuff like that like why did I do that well, I think once you've asked that question, because there is no obvious answer, you could say anything and you could make yourself feel like a complete monster. Like that that guy who said, my thoughts have betrayed me, I've gone to the wrong pub. I mean, shit happens, you went to the wrong pub. The question like, is, how many times are you, for example, um, another story that he I've heard him say is that, oh, we're going to see my mother-in-law, can't find my car keys, can't find my car keys. Actually, a few months have gone by. The only time I ever lose my car keys is when I'm going to see my mother. I was going to say, sure, if you look at the patterns over time. So when time, there's a pattern yeah. over time, yeah. Yeah. that isn't just superstition. That is kind of maybe... But isn't that how superstitions grow? Yeah. Possibly. You're making some good points. Isn't that how a lot of religious practice grows? Mm. Uh, choose my words carefully there on, mm. on brand, on topic. Um, you know, when when somebody did a certain thing and they got a good crop that year yeah and they do it again next year and they end up sacrificing because the climate babies a particular cycle they're going to get five years years of good crops yeah, or whatever yeah. it is yeah um that then becomes rote doesn't it, it becomes yeah. a tenet yeah but that's for them trying to reveal something about the outside world that's kind of like i do this and then it rains yes but it's the same about yourself isn't it you know i keep doing that therefore i must be or you just forget for I think yeah. like Matt said, if you if you've seen patterns over time, that's completely different. I mean, that's how machine learning how algorithms work. But look what they do. Yeah. Do you both <laughs> getting more personal? Do you both rely on your thoughts? Do you kind of think, I think this thing, I believe this thing, therefore my thoughts are um true and my beliefs are only honest. if I've have if if I believe that that belief is Grounded in something that I also know. You asked two questions there. Yeah. I know. You, you said, do you rely on your thoughts? And my answer is yes. And then you said something about whether you believe things are true. And I guess then it becomes nuanced. But or do you we, believe your thoughts are true? We, we were on that Zoom call recently with people talking about Enneagram. Um, and, and the Enneagram is a personality kind of tool. Guide. Guide thing. But without going into the detail, there are three centres uh, head, heart, and gut. So when you figure out kind of which one fits you and where you are, you're going to be in one of those three centres. And and a woman spoke on the call and said, I didn't think that I was a seven, which is one of the, the numbers on there, um, because they're in the, the head space, they're in the head centre. And anyone who watched me would think, 
but she's so emotional. She's, you know, uh, wears a heart on her sleeve and she's so, you know, driven by how she feels about stuff. There would instinctively seem to be a heart or a gut. Yeah, person. and then realise that actually whenever I make a decision, I always fall back on what I think. And when I heard her say that, I was like, yeah, I'm exactly the same. I would say exactly the same thing. Lots of intuition, lots of emotion, lots of all that stuff. But actually, I completely rely on it makes sense. Yes, there's an internal logic filter through which all of my personal life experience goes. Yeah. And if something doesn't pass the sniff test, I will raise a flag and go, yeah, I'm not sure about that. But I think there's just two quite nuanced points to what you directly asked. And that's, firstly, anything that I state as fact in inverted commas is built upon a string of things that I've learned and worked out, known, blah, 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 blah. It will always come back to something, somewhere. And usually whatever that something is, is where my knowledge stops. And that's probably what I'm studying at the time because it annoys me because it stops. But the other side of it is, little in this life gives me as much pleasure as being proved wrong I, I you know newsflash all those people who know me <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I love it yeah. i love it because that that has a potential to turn something i believe upside down because you're trying to learn you're trying to kind yeah. of grow is... i don't give two hoots whether a thing is pink or gray i just i just want to know the truth of it yeah. that's 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 it and i i i am that kid that always asked why 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 yeah but why yeah but why yeah but why you you make an interesting point there about wanting to know the truth of it because just before you started that little segment i was thinking there's a big deal isn't there in this which is the the word truth you said you know do you rely on your your thoughts and determine that they're true and i think yeah and i think trust and truth are very they're perceived very differently, but actually I think they're they're two sides of the same thing. Well, not two sides of a two-sided thing, but they're truth isn't black and white. It's not I mean, I know mathematically there are some things that are yeah. right or wrong. Um, but truth is like this appears to be more reliable than that at the moment. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go with that. What you well, gonna make a big life decision based on that? Well, the housing market seems to be going up. What you know that's yeah. a fact? No, I don't know but it's that, a fact. That's, but that's honest science though, isn't it? It might be. It might be even less considered than that. But my point is that you trust things to the degree to which well, okay. <laughs> you might be wise to trust things to the degree to which there's they always a true. There's always a gamble. But there's very little that's absolutely certain. And like you say, people can take the most certain things and turn them upside down and you kind of go, yeah. ooh, well, okay, that's kind of exciting. I'm not sure it's always desirable. Um, depends probably what kind of thing it is that they're turning upside down. But I think the nature the the notion that we choose things because they're proven true to us is potentially quite unhelpful i think quite a lot of people think in that way and i think it's not real i think it's a degree and if people could say rather than this is a fact and i know it and it's true they could say this is one of the things that i'm most confident in and we just started changing the way that we spoke about those things it might actually help yeah yeah, I mean, I yeah, I mean, I do try to always caveat things with, well, I'm not really sure, but yeah, yeah. Or, or whatever it is. Um, but it, interestingly enough, again, to the same point that you were making there, Em, is I never take anybody at face value. If somebody tells me something, it will go through that filter. Whatever 
it is that I'm being told will always go through that filter. And I will 100% trust that filter over what that other person is saying. And it annoys people when I say so immensely. <laughs> because I'm like, no, that's bullshit. I'm sorry, it's just bullshit. I know that can't be a fact because here's 10 things that I know to be a fact. And fact is always in inverted commas here. Yeah. It's in my fact bucket. Yeah. Stuff I know that all support the notion that that is pink and not grey. You just told me it's great. It can't be great. I'm sorry. And, you know, that's not an affront to you. It's just a piece of information you've shared with me that I don't believe is factually correct. Mm. I didn't call you a twat. <laughs> so don't react like that. But, you know, like that. So your question of do you trust your thoughts? Yeah. But I'm also deeply aware of how fallible they can be. But that's always the case, you know, it's on it's on that scale of like this is something that I'm pretty well clued up upon upon up about and therefore like it's just a flat note from my filter. And this is like, okay, that doesn't pass my sniff filter, but that's absolutely not my bag of tea. So I'm gonna ask another question and get underneath the skin of what it is you're talking about because now you have my interest. You just said something to me that's set off the flag in my brain that's gone. No, but I can't support it's it. It's interesting. Or I will ask about it. To me, that it feels like a lot of what we've been talking about your, your the sort of the concepts that you're using behind the words you're saying in the context of communication are about communicating information. Did you know that dark matter is this? Mm, did yeah, you but that's know? a very small part of it. Whereas I'm sort of thinking when people behave in certain ways, do certain things much more in just being a human in their interpersonal relations. Yes. That's kind of the, and obviously it's both. It's all. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not deliberately saying, doing that. If I no, am no. doing that, it's, that's um, well, a failing of some description. I wasn't calling you out for it but, at all. I was just no, no, observing that, that it's quite different, isn't it? Because there are some things where someone's sharing. But, but a piece is it? Of I mean, isn't that what we're trying to get to here? Is that, is there a fundamental, you know, like, when I start asking questions mm. of the universe, I'm going to keep asking them until I've understood the standard model because mm. once I get to that point, it's like, well, there's nothing else to learn <laughs> and I can build everything off that. And same with like the origins of humanity or language or whatever it is. You go right back to the beginning, you can kind of build up from there. So with that in mind, is there is there a fundamental that we can find? Is there a standard model of communication? Totally. Right? That's is what, there a yeah. grand unified theory of communication? I, like That's where I almost need to get to to embrace communication to understand it and now the intermission oh that's so that you can synchronize them i hadn't realized that's where you kept clapping yeah. afterwards no but i thought Just... no that's not helpful it's just one big bang and then you can synchronize it but i just think up. you guys just join in just humor me no matt oh, stop it tedious company Emily, you've got to go first because yeah. you asked. Well, we just got to the point of asking if there was such a thing as a grand unified theory of communication. Mm. So the context was, I was saying, oh, you seem to be talking more about the fact stuff. I'm thinking more about some of the human stuff. You were saying, is there really any difference? Because yes, I'm just trying to get to the most fundamentalist level of, you know, what is communication? Do we have 
I mean, it's so wonderfully apt, given that's what we talked about. It's like, do we have an agreed definition of what communication mm. means? Like, what do we mean by communication? Are we even communicating the right um, with one another as we talk about communication? I don't know, but I think we ought to. Um, so, going back to what we were talking about in the beginning, which was... I have things in my head, I want to put them in your head. You have things in your yeah. head, I want to put them in my head. Like, I'm talking about not just communication, but where does communication go wrong, our perceived idea of what communication is. So when we're trying to put something from our head into someone else's head, we've got an image of what their head looks like. So you're trying to, you know, you're trying to put things into a space. You, you think you know what that space looks like. Mm. So but true. what? But what if you've got that wrong? And I think that's where a lot of personality types and things like that yeah. come into. And we just took a, a brief toilet break, and I used Al's beautiful downstairs toilet. And there's a little sign on the wall that says, "I'm not crazy. It's just that my reality is different to your reality." So you know, what reality are, uh, am I living in? What reality is the other person living in? And, you know, an example of that is um, a friend who was speaking to me recently about, um, you know, a, a relationship breakdown. And she is someone like me who is extrovert and is kind of in the ENFP or a seven on the Enneagram. And it's like, oh, squirrel, something fun and shiny. Oh, I'm going to take up um, mountain biking. Oh, look at that. I've just learned how to skateboard. Oh, I've just painted a picture. And he is someone who is analytical and is career driven and all of these things and I think she had an understanding of him as someone who was about uh you know he was very much in the mind and he is you know methodical and is able to you know to to use numbers and spreadsheets and all of those things and she's someone who just follows her heart and her dreams so going back to what Matt said about um you know, is it do we come from the head or from the gut etc and able to actually look at her and say no you like me are coming from the head and he is actually coming from the gut I think and so there's this she had this understanding that she was communicating as this very heart driven person to someone who was very in a headspace and I was like well you know obviously some of your communication there is going wrong because the space that you're trying to project into isn't quite the space that you thought it was and the space that you're trying to project from actually you know give yourself some credit you're not just all woo and running after things that are flying past in the wind you're actually quite driven by logic mm. wow so much to unpick there yes rant over and personality, so I, yeah, all that. Personality is one element, though, isn't it? It's, um, was it when you read out the definition that you Googled, did it say something about common common words or something? Ability to communicate using a common language. Using a common set of and, symbols, basically. Um, so, Signs, symbols, and semiotic yeah. conventions. So, yeah, so, um, so personality, I think, plays into that, but so does culture. Yeah, um, we were talking earlier on about the difficulty of parenting. You come from these different cultures. Each family is its own unique culture. You're brought up by parents. Maybe it's awful. Maybe it's great. Maybe there were certain things you desperately want to do with your kids. And that's our reality, like, like the toilet sign. With, yeah, and that becomes your reality. And then you put two people together from basically two completely wildly different cultures a lot of the time. Um, 
and you've got to overcome that and you're when you're communicating you're communicating you said that really well you know you're trying to put something into someone's head which you presume kind of looks like yours because that was parenting you know what parenting is you know what family life is you've done that and the shape of that in their head is just not at all familiar to the thing that you think you're projecting into so you might have communicated really well yeah for the head that you thought you were trying to yeah. put it into. So you think there is no flaw in my communication. I've communicated well. So when you have someone who comes to you saying, the universe is like this, and blah, 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 and you can sometimes take offence by that because you can think that's wrong. And actually, I've got some friends who state their facts. as This is what I believe today, and tomorrow it might be different. And you know they're actually freer with um, what they class as their truth or what is real and what isn't. Then I take them credit for when they're speaking to me so I can take offense and go no you're wrong and they're like yeah I know I'm wrong and that's kind of that's okay <laughs> which is why I said earlier on the the whole personality thing is part of the communication piece it's like not teaching from a young age but but even now everybody there are so many people who just and I don't I don't understand loads of it and I've spent you know it's kind of my hobby if you like I love understanding or getting better at understanding people and how people work and why we tick a certain way and what the differences are and how they manifest and I do think without that information it's really really hard to communicate effectively (laughs) (laughs) and what comes into it as well is you know it's there are so many different layers so how many different layers can we name now you know there's personality what makes people different to us we tend to communicate as if we're communicating into the same brain that we're communicating from that's just not true so there's personality there's family culture yeah there's actual culture uh you know having lived in south america and in the netherlands both of those cultures are really different what i love about the dutch people is they look at you and go you've got a spot on your face yeah or they'll just tell you, like, I don't so like blunt. you. Yeah. And I really disliked them in the beginning. And I thought that's too direct and that's hurtful. And then I experienced people in, in other cultures, actually in Venezuela, who didn't say things directly to you. They said it behind your back. It would go around 13 people before it came back to you. And then when I returned back to the Netherlands and people said the, the thought um, about me directly to my face, I thanked them. I thanked them. And I had a new perspective in which I was like, you are actually communicating well it's and directly. Kind. And yeah. it is kind. Yeah. It seems to be, really mean, it seems but cruel, it's actually really kind. But it's kinder than, than, than saying that thing to someone else and not straight to me. So it's so much perspective comes into it. Yeah. I think that's a really good example of where culture can determine how we communicate. Mm. You know, that's a good example of whether to be direct or indirect. I don't think anybody would knowingly argue that whispering behind people's backs is an effective way of communicating. They would, because they'd say it's rude to say it to someone's face. I'm being kind by not saying it directly. It's rude to talk about people behind their backs. Anyway, I mean, that's that's not really the topic. But that's your cultural background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh... Yeah, I, well, I mean, it's a great case in point. So what I'm trying to mull over as I'm as I'm listening is 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 there a is there a fundamental that is culturally independent? You know, I mean, to put it a slightly more contentious way, like, is it is personality and culture? an excuse for poor communication 
define excuse? Well, I, you know, do you mean reason? No, I mean excuse. I do mean excuse. No, because I think an excuse is something that you willingly and with awareness use to mask a choice. Yeah, people do. You've, we've all met those friends who just go, well, I've got no filter. Like you've just I'm said, not saying no one ever it. does it, but if you're, you know, in, in Emily's example, the Dutch aren't rude. They don't mean to be rude. Now, they may know that as a national, you know, in the same way that, you know, that there are stereotypes. Somebody has a spot. It's just an observation, isn't it? In your opinion. Well, that's not an opinion. For symbols. It's an observation. It's it's a factually correct statement. They have a spot. For symbols to be used as a tool in communication, you have to agree on what the symbol means. A symbol is a way of, of, of sharing meaning, sharing a known meaning with other people. So, for example, in Argentina, you greet people with a kiss. It is a sign of respect. It's a sign of love, of kindness. It's a sign of welcome. It's a form of communication. So when I was in Argentina, some um, a, a large group of Korean people came into our space and I was in charge of welcoming them i went to greet them with a kiss they were so wildly offended that they left and didn't come back again you see because you have to have you know you have to be agreed it's on what the language. symbol means yeah. and if there is disagreement the i think the only way really to to make that communication work is to have is to learn and to have a conversation it is to learn the fact okay this ways, symbol though. means something different to them mm. Surely that goes both ways. I mean, if you've come from Korea and gone all the way oh, to yeah, South America... Oh, yeah, of course America, it goes both ways. ...getting your arse in a twist because somebody embraced you in a different way than what you're normal to, it's like, that's on you, kiddo, isn't it? I mean, that's like, have have a sense of perspective. You're the one who's, if you yeah. like, in foreign grounds here. So so basically, I learned that they hadn't learned that yet, and therefore I had some grace towards them. You know, there's ways of like, you, there's learning to be done. I think mm. the only way to to communicate better and to grow in understanding is actually through knowledge. And it's back to that yeah, thing about the experience. kids, you know, recognising that their, their choice of behaviour is a form of communication. And I really like what you were saying about we need to communicate, we need to get what's inside us out, often so that we can see what it is, so that we can learn from it. And a lot of the time people don't learn from it. They get what's inside them at it out you know they react they don't hear themselves but they don't see themselves in the context so you know in this example maybe the korean people did that went away and went oh my goodness do you realize what we've done we've gone into someone else's culture and we've totally take offense about like their cultural norms because of ours that's really really hurtful why did we do that lesson learned maybe they've gone away without seeing themselves in that context in the outside world and they haven't been able to say, <clears throat> oh, see what happened there. There were times in my life. But if, well, yeah. All I was going to say is, but if they'd never been there and they never had that experience, it's just in your own head. You know that that's right. That's normal. How many times have you in the course of life just had someone say something gone, really? And you go, uh, yeah, doesn't everybody do that? And you discover it's something you've just never really challenged. It's just how your family always did it. You did it last year. A, a what? A scripture? That's not a word. That's like the scripture cloth. And the scripture to me is just, that's what my family have always called them. So I just presume everybody knows that's a word because no one said to me that that was a nonsense word and I've used it all my life and no one's ever said to me before, what's that word? So so, so that's a language thing, a dialect thing, I guess, to be more specific. But 
they're quite easy to overcome. I think language problems and dialect problems, I'm miles away from my mic there, language problems and dialect problems, I think are, should be, should be the easiest ones to overcome because that's just information that one of us doesn't have that can be very easily corrected. I'm really interested to explore this idea, whether it's in the kind of Enneagram mold or not, but that trying to unpick this idea of you've got something in your head that you think you have formed an effective communication of because you're assuming that the space into which you're placing it is a certain shape. Which is what you were talking about in terms of, and I don't, I don't necessarily care to give them labels like head and heart and stuff like that, but just the fundamental idea that a person saying 10 words in a row, which have agreed upon meaning, because it's English in this example, can be understood differently by somebody because of their quote-unquote personality or where they come out on a chart and stuff. I, I find that really difficult to understand how it can be so if the words are agreed upon. I find that, that, I find that really hard. A, it's quite a loose concept, though, to say that words are agreed upon. I mean, well, they are. Well, it's context got, as well. But words change, you know, language constantly changes. Yeah, all right. But again, it's not the 80-20 rule, is it? We're dealing with the extremes there. I I think, you know, earlier on you said ostensibly. ostensibly, And I I know what you mean, I think, but I check because I don't actually know what that word means. I know what I take it to mean when it's used, generally. And if I looked it up in the dictionary, I'd probably go, oh, okay, so that's a bit more. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. That's fine. So you you didn't understand a word or weren't 100% sure and thought this might be important in that sentence, so I'll ask. And I would say that's a a grown-up way of dealing with life, the universe, and everything. But what I'm saying is a lot of people will use words without questioning the fact that it doesn't mean quite what someone else. The word is not the object. The word no. is a metaphor, it's um, a symbol, yeah. which is a symbol of the object or a story. And and we've all got you well, know me- metaphors a whole new layer. But that's what a word is. It's not because a word is not the thing. Again, agreed upon language metaphor is just that's not what that means. You know, it, it's an image. Me- again, metaphor doesn't have to be an image. You know, a metaphor has a very specific meaning as to what a metaphor is. It's when you say something and the meaning is inferred to mean something different. So when you use a word in a way in which the meaning isn't what the word means, that's a metaphor. <laughs> Matt's face. <laughs> well, I think I lost the plot somewhere there. Anyway, I think what my my say- point is, I, I don't want to distract on what metaphors mean, but it, it's it's a symbol is what it is. And that symbol hasn't agreed upon meaning whether it's colloquial dialect doesn't matter we all agree upon the meanings of the words and if we don't that's dead easy to correct like i don't necessarily i'm not sure what like scripture or whatever it is i haven't heard that before yeah now you know are are we potentially uncovering something here is this a moment of light bulb we can put something on the whiteboard and go hey we learned something that when people don't understand you one the wider you, rather than risk feeling or sound foolish by asking, they don't ask, and therefore they never got the full meaning of what was being said anyway and took away something different. 
And perhaps a lot of miscommunication and misunderstanding can be down to, actually, I don't know what those words mean in mm. that order. Mm. But rather than saying uh, that... Rather than asking, actually, what do you mean by... I've definitely in experienced that. that. In, in that yeah, instance. I think there is. there are cases of that. I think you were going to say something earlier on. Forgotten now. I've definitely that both in a business context where you have to work quite hard to maintain a culture where you should ask questions even if they feel stupid because yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what we're about. We're about asking the stupid questions and making sure that we are clearly communicating. Otherwise, time and money is wasted. Yeah. Um, and also, like you, being rather more verbose than I might like to be, uh, I've heard people say, like good friends who are bold enough and honest enough to just come out with it, say, does anyone else have a clue what he just said? Because I don't know what he's on about. <laughs> I need more of those people in my life. <laughs> Thank you, George. <laughs> They're brilliant people. But I mean, to bring it back to what the, the reason we, we kind of got a little bit sidetracked here is I was asking the question, and I, I guess I am still asking the question of, or I'm trying to understand how personality, I, I totally get the culture thing, because that's quite a big meta, isn't it? Culture yeah. is like, a, it's like this layer over and above of, actions intonations subtext the said the unsaid like there's a whole layer of cultural communication but personality you know two people raised in the same family with different personalities so they would have a different enneagram and a different mbti and their communication style would be a different color whatever it is whatever wanky meeting you've been to at work with whiteboards (laughs) you know they're, they're different in all of these things how does that then manifest itself in such a way that listening to words can have different meaning when those words are symbols, that's where we last digressed, that are agreed upon. Okay, so you are speaking, were you going to answer that before I jump in? You, you were speaking from the point of view of an analyst who thinks, first and foremost. An analyst who's trying to understand. I'm saying, I am currently yeah, yeah. sat here in ignorance and I but just you're, don't get it. you're... Your communication style, if you like, I don't know if that's like a in capitals and therefore I don't yeah, know what well. I'm talking about, but the lowercase version of communication style is to hear words immediately. I think if like me, you, you're thinking define your terms, citation needed, you know, that your just experience of the world is what do you mean by that? What is meant by that? What, well, what's the baseline for this? Am I understanding correctly? Because that's how you're wired. Yeah. It's easy for you to say. Well, how can people not understand? Because they can just ask if they don't know what it means. It's not about how can't they understand. No, that's just wrong words. But why don't they ask if they don't understand? It's it's not even that. It's like how, if we've all got the same information and they do understand, how can they misunderstand? I guess I think that's more what I'm asking. I think we always misunderstand. I don't think there's ever complete understanding. And I I think that's the issue. I think if you're going to use words like, you know, communicate effectively or or understand the thing, which is the fact. And I think any term that ends up being just really kind of definite um, always gets gets my hackles up slightly. Because I think communication is always, I don't think communication is never without flaw. Mm. I think it's always with flaw. And that is because... You know, if even like if I say the word water, like my my memories around water, my response to water is going to be different to someone who's like nearly drowned once. Yeah. You're going to say the word water, they're going to have a reaction to it. And even if those differences are really really subtle ones, um, they're real. They're real differences. Mm. And so you know, even even with simple simple very very clear language, 
our, you know, it's going to change from the transmission of the sentence into the reception of the sentence. It's going to it's going to be a different product slightly. So communication is never going to be completely perfect. No, I, I would I would agree with that. I think I think you can come close in the right circumstances. But I think close, you know, close enough as to be like it's a one, not a zero. Like I think you nailed it. If you're twins. No, I'm not even twins. I, I, and, and again, you know, it, it's easy in these kind of conversations where we're trying to understand things that are hard to understand that you end up talking more about extremes than the norm. But I think the problem lies more in the norm than the extremes. I think the extremes can be more easily understood because they are extreme. And I think my my own observation of, you know, whatever it is, 20, 30 years in, in work and 40 odd years of life is it's the day-to-day stuff that's so easily misunderstood and miscommunicated but that both sides of the fence whereas if you've got a dialect problem or a language problem that's that's fine i can i can get that because that's missing information that's a jigsaw piece you can get and put in and you can see more of the picture um what i don't understand is how and why personality i'm just i'm really interested in understanding why different people who have all of these other pieces in place they've got the same dictionary they've got the same parents maybe and i don't i don't know of examples where this might be the case because it's certainly not the case of my sister we communicate very easily but how different personalities could take different meaning from the same words that have the same meaning. Um, the only explanation I can come up with is this, is the dreaded subtext. Oh yeah, well, what he really meant was, you know, yeah. we, we, well. Okay, so you know, what, is that it? I don't, I don't what know. What I would I, suggest is, this, I, I think the simplest way that I could say what I think is the answer is, it comes down to the fact that each person inhabits fully their own narrative so i think you know forget about it almost doesn't matter whether you call you know personality is a collection of traits i guess i don't know if that's a real definition but it seems to me you you could define a personality as a collection of traits you can look at you know mental health issues Uh, there are traits that are common to certain um responses you know people can be traumatized and behave in a certain way you have a series of traits that you are currently operating you operate within under whatever you have some traits um and they're one element of it so when you say why does why does personality make a difference why you know and i think there probably is some truth in that so you could say you know somebody might just catastrophize everything if someone says um oh the car's broken down immediately they're like oh my goodness how are we going to get the kids in time the kids are probably going to it's a disaster everything's gone wrong so there's a there's a part which is the trait mm-hmm. but i think the bigger deal someone else might hear the car's broken down and be like okay so let's solve that what do i need to do with the yeah. cog start going again, yeah. this is this is about response this isn't that's so that's what. So when I talk about that's... traits, I'm, I guess I mean the way you would respond in isolation. There's a thing, and yeah. there's something, and it's not necessarily a permanent thing. Personality probably is, in my opinion, more of a, a fixed thing. But there are there are healthy and unhealthy traits that we all yeah. 
either maybe do and don't know that we have and, and change through life. But those happen within the context of your overarching narrative. And you're, it could be a simple thing like today is just a bad day. Everything has gone wrong today. And then you get a piece of news. And it's happened to me, you know, I'm, I'm pretty objective about those sorts of things. I tend to be fairly easygoing about bad news, but there are days when you just go, oh my goodness, this as well. Or someone else might be like, I've got a lot of things to do. I don't have the time. The car's broken down. Amazing. I can stay in bed. Well, at no point has anybody been misunderstood here. They've just chosen. So chosen's the wrong word. They've just reacted in a an unexpected way. So my point about the narrative is you will have a different um, understanding of what is happening to you in those contexts. So that's not communication. Yeah. That's experience. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you will yeah. choose to understand it different no maybe not even choose but you will understand it differently depending on a collection of your traits and the narrative in which you are living so in an I, unhealthy I, I can't i can't sit that sentence anywhere in my head what do you mean i can't park it you will you will i'll, I'll dump the word choose again as well but, but you will understand something differently depending on your narrative yeah i i understand Okay, t- how t- you might respond differently, but and maybe that's maybe that's all it is. It is. Maybe that's all it is. It is. It, that's and, exactly and what it the, is. The if if miscommunication is perceived down the line, that might be with hindsight to plaster over something. Oh, I didn't really understand what you said. I didn't understand that bit. Well, miscommunication is blamed rightly for a lot of woe in yeah. the world yeah um I'm, I'm spitballing here but maybe the in these instances where somebody's response might make it appear like they didn't understand and later after the dust has settled it's put down to miscommunication to plaster over a deeper problem which is actually i'm in a really bad place right now and that's not what i need to be dealing with or whatever i mean it might be i'm in a really good place and i you know i, I don't want to put any particular color on that but if if you've behaved in or acted in a certain way that was not expected by the person with whom you were communicating that's not necessarily a communication issue well that's, I, isn't that an, a, a, i think it is so let's take here's an example and this is where you said the dreaded subtext and yes. i think you're right but i think the point is as subtext is it is a narrative um, it's a narrative element yeah so which is why i think you're right that it's subtext but i think that it's fundamentally about the overarching narrative so you imagine being someone who has i don't know been yeah. you know um mugged by a tattooed guy in an alley or you've been, I don't know, raped, or some traumatic experience has happened to you at the hands of a certain type of person that you don't normally hang out with. You're alone in a bar, and that type of person walks in. Okay? Okay, yeah. And then they say to you, can I get you a drink? What do you understand? Mm-hmm. Because that's communication. Yeah, that's yeah, not yeah, just... Yeah. It, but how do you separate communication from response? You that's can't. Good, you are inhabiting a narrative in which you interpret their communication and therefore you understand from your mm, end of the communication in the context yeah. of the narrative. So it is all about subtext. Yeah. Which okay. is story, yeah, yeah. isn't it? Right. It's story. 
I so say that very definitively. No, I've just no, no, made no. that up. But I, that I think it's a very, it's a very, that was a very useful example, actually. And again, this so this this does go slightly then to a a, a deeper level that. in some way there's no such thing as reality right like you know i can't tell you what red is mm, yeah we all seem to agree and be able to point at something that's red but we actually don't have any clue what red is or what other people experience red it's really hard to describe a color to a blind person for example yeah, yeah it's really yeah. really hard if not impossible I, don't, I certainly wouldn't know how to do it um i don't know why i said that now Come on, I was just about to get this. Yeah, so it's about translation. That's where I was going. I was going there too. Um, <laughs> and so our, our experience, and we come back to this word again, our, our experience of the universe is 100% filtered. Everything. Yeah. We, do, we don't get an unfiltered experience of the universe. We get a constructed experience of the universe, of what it is to touch, to feel, to smell, all of these things. Um and language has to pass through those filters. So whilst those 10 words from person A get into the brain of person B, they're never going to be able to do that entirely unfiltered. And so the first thing is to get to use your example is what's this person's motive? Why are they asking me if they can buy me a drink? And of course the media comes to that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So is it through this filter that it then becomes translated into all of the other context and subtext and the meaning that we take away, that we store in our hearts, heads, whatever, actually, once it's passed through this filter, it's quite different from the input that was provided by the person uh, trying to do That's my understanding of how communication works, certainly. So, so my thing, if speech I can was... get on board with that. If, if speech <laughs> was poetry, if speech was poetry, no, or do we receive speech like it's poetry do we listen on two on, on two levels so if someone's saying i don't know it's probably a bad example but they can i buy you a drink you know there's there's, there's two stories there there were the actual words can i oh, yeah. buy you a drink so the communication like you tend to i think i'll hear it is that i understand it is being communicated this is a man who wants to buy me a drink he is asking this question we are both hearing the same thing so i think there are quite often when it comes to communication there are various um levels so if you read mm -hmm. a poem there are the actual words of the poem which is yes those words are being communicated from one brain to another brain here are seven words they are being written down or spoken th th those seven words are being received but then it's also what do those words represent and that second layer of meaning it's like when it comes to translation you know you're translating a text which which way do you translate a text do you translate it literally word for word and you say yes this is accurate to the original or is the accurate to the original, the version of the text, which is which is translated at the heart of the text? What were they actually saying? Mm -hmm. And, the, and the, the issue is with that second version of translation, you can't say this is definitely what they were saying because you don't know. No, you get that a lot with biblical translations, don't you? Of where course. it's the, uh, what's the word? Um, oh. Hermeneutics. Hermeneutics, Hermeneutics the, yeah. The, 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 her, the hermeneutical translation is taking all of that cultural, cultural context, context uh, uh, um, what was just de rigueur, if you like, for those mm. people. It's like, what? of course we know what it means to call that person a Samaritan. That immediately triggers yeah. this, 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 and this. I know exactly where you're at. You just set the scene. Yeah. So what would happen if we had a conversation about that? Do you know, imagine you have an argument 
and uh, someone says something to, you know, can you wash the dishes, for example? So what if you were able to bring this into conversation and actually have that uh, that conversation with someone in which you say, OK, I've heard your actual words. You're asking me to wash the dishes. What I've also heard is that you're telling me that I've not washed the dishes all, all week and that you're furious. This is my narrative. Is that what you meant? Was that your narrative? Obviously, you want me to wash the dishes, which, of course, I would do. But is my narrative the same as yours? Are you also saying this or are you actually simply just saying, could you now wash the dishes? You're basically just calling me useless, aren't you? That's... But, yeah, but that's the I ultimate mean, expression of that. If the open acknowledgement of communication and conversation mm. was, okay, you know, this is a poem here. Let's unpick it. Let's sit down calmly together and say, this. It, these are the actual words. Yes, we've checked that. We've both heard the actual words correctly. Someone wasn't speaking too quietly or whatever, that we couldn't hear them. So could you explain your narrative and my narrative? And the wonderful thing about narratives is that both of them are often true and often they can both be um, in complete apparent conflict mm. whilst both being true. And I think when you listen to people and you say, OK, um, this is my narrative, I want to understand your narrative, and then we can talk about how those narratives interact and can they interact in a way which is gentle and that, not that's too... the handbook i think that's what goes in the handbook i think that's nailed it and that's what people say yeah, isn't it you that's should really good you should um you should replay what you think you've heard um in order to make sure that communication is effective mm. i think the problem with that is i can't remember what word you used a minute ago Al. You, you said something about everything is filtered and i can't remember you didn't use choose but it made me think a lot of this stuff is utterly autonomic. <laughs> you know, you were talking about um, let's stick with the middle ground, the kind of the common, the everyday thing. And what I've learned more and more and more in life is most people are traumatised. <laughs> Unless I'm just in some weird little vortex <clears throat> where all the people I know are and all the other people Human aren't. life is in itself traumatic. Most people are living out of trauma that um, hasn't been processed. Yeah, if I just squeeze both of those things together a little bit is trauma has a profound effect on who we are and how we think. Yeah. I don't think anybody's exempt from trauma. No. And I don't think any, I don't think a lot of people are aware of trauma and what effect it can have. Yeah. Way, 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 way down the line. Yeah. Even just to grasp the idea that we're all going to die sometime and that you're going to lose everyone you love. And if you sit with that long enough, that's going to traumatize you. Let's not do that. <laughs> Carry on swiftly. Um, so the reason I say that is because I, I always come back to this. Patrick Lencioni, I love the fact that he says um, that the important stuff isn't hard. Sorry, isn't complicated. It's just hard. The things that we need to do, and he's, you know, business coaching, whatever, when he's brought it down to, to family life, these things they're not like I'm hyper-intelligent and I've solved some massive, complicated riddle. They're just straightforward things. They're work. just really, really hard. And so, I think, yeah. uh, well, I was just going to say, and I think because of that kind of living out of trauma that so many people, all of us, I think, to some degree, because even if you've processed a whole bunch of your emotions, you're still living the life that is the result of all the other stuff that's gone before it. And so you do have responses to some things that might not be entirely objective mm. because of those past experiences. 
the one you can't help but say. <laughs> so go back to what Al was saying about being able to implement certain uh, routines in your work life that then harder to do in your home life because because they were just ugh, effort. You know, imagine if like if you're going to study in uh, literature, you're studying English, you're going to study a poem or a, pe- or a piece of text, you print it out in school, you put annotations all around it, you just look at it from all angles, you get curious about it, you unpick the cultural context. How about, you know, we had a conversation with someone in our household and we just recorded that one minute snippet of conversation you printed it out you've got you've got one piece of paper each and you can look at it you can underline things and you can cross-reference things and if we had if we attacked our home life with the same kind of like lethal sense of kind of curiosity and interest that we do for um things that we study like we study things and quite often we study things that are so abstract you know we history and things and people in other countries and but how about if we actually studied ourselves and we studied people close to us with that same sort of level of effort well what i was actually going to say is i think a lot of people that's not where they are you know so it's all very well saying i can say look you said these words and i understand the words but i also feel like you said this other stuff because that's like the world i inhabit you've got to be hyper aware to even know those things in a way you could communicate to recognize that that's what happened in that moment well like you said it's not in the manual is it because nobody wrote the manual no more likely you just go yes i can do the dishes or you go yep and there's that internal reaction and you don't go why am i having that i'm having an internal reaction what's it about oh it's because this is my narrative because we've just we don't we're not aware enough that that's what we should be doing some people i'm sure are and I guess that's when people mm. talk about emotional intelligence. They're talking about at one end of the spectrum, people are absolutely living exactly like that all of the time. And at the other end, people are just completely unaware of it. But I would say there's more of the unawareness. And partly I think that's it's really hard to get away from that because you are you're kind of in your it when because you're in your own narrative, you're kind of necessarily blind. Because it's so subjective, because human existence is. So you can't see yourself from outside. You can't yeah, recognise yeah, yeah. your behaviours yeah. from a more objective standpoint because you're in your narrative and it yeah. makes sense in your narrative. Yeah, well, your, your narrative um, means that not only are all of the external inputs filtered, but your internal inputs yeah. are equally filtered, yeah. if not more so. Yes, yeah. mm. Which is why I loved what you said earlier, Emily, about... Um, Us not knowing what the thing is in our head that we're trying to communicate. <laughs> well, and, and the importance of getting it out and being able to see it outside of ourselves. Because then at least there's more of you to... You know, you're kind of looking at it in the outside world and potentially by sharing it, you get to benefit from other people. Like Winnie, Winnie the Pooh's experience, it's quite... When you have something in your head that feels quite thingish and it's different when it's when it gets out into the real world and has people looking at it. Yeah. But maybe... You know, maybe that thing needed to have people looking at it in order for it to be understood. You know, maybe you you were wrong in when what you thought that thing was. So it doesn't. You, know, you can read that quote and think, oh, someone's just bad at communicating. They've got it out out into the real world, and people aren't understanding it. It made sense in the head. So maybe it's a good thing that the thing that you thought makes made sense in your head gets out into the real world and has people looking at it and laughing at it and it's revealed to make no sense at all. Maybe that wasn't an issue in communication. Maybe the thing really didn't make sense. Didn't make sense. I don't know. 
But I sometimes find the opposite in life where things that people have said that just were nonsense, like they were clearly definitely nonsense. Years later, I look at them and go, oh, I see what they meant. That's not actually nonsense. That's just not how I understood the words. And I can now see both sides of it. I can see why if you look at it this way, that is total nonsense. But now I look at it this way. That's not nonsense at all. Was that poorly communicated? Mm, I don't think it was. I think poorly received, maybe. Yeah, I think when I was younger, I I hadn't yet had the experiences that allowed me to understand what you were talking about. And and I think that was the the point, as you say, some people say stuff and you go, well, that's completely nonsense. And it is. But sometimes people say stuff and I go, that sounds like nonsense. But am I just not getting it? And I'm sure sometimes I'm not. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure many of us aren't. It's like the madman, isn't it? You know, you have someone who's ranting and raving. The earth isn't flat. Yeah, they're, the they're mad until round, the, the lizard men take off their human skin. <laughs> You're like, lock them up. Someone lock them up. How many, how many genius people were put into mental asylums because they were saying things that were mad and then we mm. realised, oh, they were right. What I think this brings into sharp relief, you know, we, we are of an age relatively bright and educated people who try to be good communicators and yet are very aware of how hard it can be to communicate effectively both as a communicator and a listener, receiver of communication. Communicatee. Communicatee. Let's let's even do that. The communicator and the communicatee. <laughs> and you know, I I feel personally enlightened because um, you guys were able to articulate and bring to light a way in which, even though we are using agreed upon symbols, and they can be used correctly, that the, this whole human experience these filters that we use and end up translating and distorting that and and i i think that's that's a really key i think that almost is like the grand unified theory of communication like this has got to be a part of that that equation that that lagrangian for the physics physicist out there repeat it the filter there's there's got to be a symbol for the filter that's got to go into this grand unified perception Perspective, sorry. As a name for the filter. That's what we talk about. There's a um anyway. Yeah, sorry. To, just to continue yeah, the, 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 the the thread. Just to continue that, that thought for a moment before it escapes me, because I'm way beyond seven words of crap now, so I am just riffing off. Just those. keep going. Don't stop now. What we've determined is that if if we are taking this idea of the filter and pointing the finger of blame in its general direction for a lot of miscommunication, then the modern world is frankly fucked because so much of our communication is text only. And that's not enough. And it's not just that that's not enough. It's just that with the best endeavours and the best will in the world, that's not enough. That's nowhere near enough because you can write something down being 
careful, being accurate, being considerate, from a good place in your heart with well-meaning. And once that hits the eyes of another human being and goes through their filter, the output might bear no resemblance whatsoever to the intended input. And this goes back to this idea of hermeneutical translation, doesn't it? You know, the literal translation is, hey, I'm just saying what I'm saying. And even with all the cultural context, it's like, this came from a good place, but you don't know where that other person is. And even worse, even if you do nail that, the other person does receive it, and it's it's never going to be exactly the same, but imagine, you know, it's almost the same when it hits them. Then 100 years go by, and you've used a word like gay, and suddenly the word gay means something entirely different. So even when you do get it to, to you know, you communicate effectively, then suddenly... A couple of years have gone by and it's all means something completely different. So you can, it's never fixed. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I fear for our kids, you know, in, <laughs> in that, in that environment, Let, less so, less so over time, I think, just because people aren't writing books, you know, we're talking tweets and texts and iMessage and this, that and the other, you know, it's, it is a very transient thing that we do nowadays in the way that we communicate, even though it's stored forever for all posterity, at least until some cataclysm makes us realise that, that those books weren't such a bad idea after all, yeah. when all of human, human knowledge disappears in a puff of smoke and we revert back to, what, 1986-ish? <laughs> last time anybody wrote anything on paper. But anyway, I digress again. So... You know, with, with, our, with our kids, and even us now, I say our kids, this is how we live now. You know, everything is this, it's, it's in the here and now, and we're translating thoughts and feelings into text and sharing them far and wide often. What, you know, what hope is there for humanity if we are cutting off so much of communication and narrowing it down to this single medium, this single art form and I think even though those filters are always going to exist when you're sat in the same room as somebody if they have filtered something you've said there will be clues probably yeah in their facial expression the way that, you know if it's a conversation they will probably say something or if it's a group thing they might go quiet you know there are ways in which you can pick up if you've shocked somebody, yeah, it's usually pretty obvious. Or upset them. But I, I think that you said it all when you said the word art form. Um, and you know, to say even you know with written word that it's scary because it's you know our our communication is always going to be deeply flawed. But I think that is resolved once we um, change our understanding of what words are or what communication is, and we start to see it as more of an art form when it's okay, like. Let's discuss this. Let's enter into a conversation. Let this be instead of communicating communicating hard, a hard, cold facts. Imagine if it was like a room full of people reading out poems and just listening and responding and saying, I hear this in it. But where does that discourse happen now? Like, literally, where does that happen? We used to meet people. <laughs> you know, when I was eight, I walked a mile to my friend's house or whatever you know we used to do things in person all the time 
you know, my kids almost never see their mates. They communicate with them all the time. But not face to face. I mean, thank goodness they're back at school and all the rest of it mm. now, mm. which is so, hugely, hugely important. So but I do think some of the nuance that you get when it's face to face, you get body language, you get various different things. Obviously, like there's there's real grief when that is lost, but there's also nuance that can be added back in to written word and to language yes. and to phone conversations and you know my personal references things like facebook groups and 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 online spaces and i've been in some of those spaces where it's been exhausting because of the ma- the amount of bad communication or miscommunication again inverted commas but then when they're when those spaces suddenly become kinder and suddenly there's an understanding of the narrative behind words i have been in groups where you know you're using language in cleverer ways there were emojis having a conversation mm. with matt's eldest about was it um brianna about the use of emojis and how even little details like that can start to add this slight nuance back into this kind of very binary use of language well i mean the whole whole text of the emoji things uh, from a an amateur armchair linguistics point of view is so so fascinating because one of the things about language and i'm gonna have to be quite specific in what i mean here but language is not the written word Language is how we communicate. It's, it's what we're talking about. It is the, the primary form of communication yeah. that we in, in, engage in. Um, the written word is how we write things down. Yeah. And nobody speaks how they write. Yeah. I write quite how I speak, and some people think it's really informal, and I used to get told off for doing informal emails. I'm like, I ain't writing. Like, anyway, whatever. It's like, it is very different. The, the way we speak and the way we write. That's for the first time in history, as far as I'm aware, has just been turned on its head in the yeah. last decade yeah. because we now write how we speak. Yeah. I don't think that's ever, ever been done before. And now, because our thumbs have become our primary form of communication and the written word has become our... It, the written word is undergoing the same... Uh, the, the, the same transformation that spoken word does that when you look through use yeah, linguistics as a historical tool yeah and see how the migrations of people change sounds over time and how words change and endings get dropped and all the rest of it that's because that's the spoken word people are doing that day in day yeah. out and when people do something day in day out they, they short find shortcuts and, yeah. and they, they change to make it easier on the tongue and easier on the lips and, you know, it's just easier sounds to make. And we're doing that for our thumbs now. Yeah. It's absolutely fascinating. And we're shortening things. You know, we can do things like put WTF that conveys so much more than three letters yeah. ever could. You know, and we are, we are condensing, like, the amount of data that we're getting yeah, yeah. into these few bytes of a few letters on a page is just incredible it's really fascinating to watch yeah, i think yeah especially when as you were just saying you bring emojis in although emojis i think is going a little bit into that kind of cultural meta that we're talking yeah, about definitely. because your little how you use them i don't want to well, i was going to use the word clique but it's so often used disparagingly but your little clique will have certain ways of using certain emojis yeah. that mean something to you and then you're building your cultural bubble yeah with your little in words, just as we would have done 
using <laughs> real words. <laughs> <Absolutely>, <laughs> yeah. yeah, back in the olden days. What you're saying about, and it's interesting, you've just said all that after saying how are the kids going to survive with just words because because the, there is a richness there. And I think, yes, you're right. You know, you and I, I wrote now, letters to loads of people as a, as a younger, you know, like as a teenager and a young adult, and mm-hmm. they were really, really rich. And emails, IRC back in the day, you know, yeah. communicated MSN a messenger. huge amount in Ooh. pure text. So I think it was a rhetorical question. Um, you said, what hope is there for our kids? But yeah. actually the stuff mentioned way, way, way back, I think the, the, you know, the aware, the growing awareness of, you know, the fact that there are terms like emotional intelligence, the fact that, you know, teaching staff are being made aware that behavior is basically a way of communicating and it should be treated as such. Um, neuroscience, there's just loads of stuff going on and the access to that information over the internet yeah you can talk forever about that and what's good and what's bad but there is more access to information so the just the fact that we're talking about should there be a handbook for this stuff you know there's a whole bunch of different models but mm-hmm. what why isn't there and there will be that people will have teaching programs for these things we just don't know about them yet but why won't they become more mainstream as we learn more about how the brain works what personality is how to deal with trauma better why won't those things actually like even if you're a capitalist, you know, wealth mongering Westerner, it pays for people to be healthy. Yeah. Productive. I say that actually, it might not do. People might actually realise that they'd rather just anyway, that's a whole different I could imagine that it would. You know, you you, you get these health programs where, you know, companies are very happy to pay into insurance programs for their staff. Uh, they're happy to pay for counselling. They're happy to pay for their um, subscriptions to mental health apps and whatever because they want healthy staff. They're happy to pay for bananas to be free in the staff room, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Um, so I think there's enough impetus and uh, awareness that actually things could be going in a much better direction. I'm not saying they are, but I don't think it's hopeless in the sense that, oh, we're reverting to social media and everything's by text and... No, people are not. following influencers who aren't necessarily the best people all the time, and well, yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Communication can be condensed, can't it? And you could be really yeah, efficient with with how many interesting conversations you have in a day. I can have far too many interesting conversations in one day and can completely drown in them. But I have experienced um, having a lot of young people from all around the world coming and staying with me for you know a few months at a time, and they're normally around the age of twenty and. I, they had just got so much more wisdom and they've learned so much more than I had by that time. And I think part of that is that they are, you know, messaging people more. They're, they're reading things more. Um, it's okay to talk about mental health. It's okay more. to talk about mental health more. And that's because probably the, you know, the, the, the highly condensed amount of information that can be received these days in, in that won't be in person to person form for most of it, I imagine. Mm. Yes, they're they're definitely a more aware generation, a more self-aware generation. They are, but that um, then... Oh, go on, I totally... Well, I, I, I was just about to say they're a more tolerant and accepting generation. And I stopped myself mid-sentence. Um, there was good meaning behind that, and good intention behind saying they are more tolerant. I think there's, a, there's an awareness of difference. Um, you know, back in... 
the 80s when we were growing up, um, like you alluded to as well, Emma, it's, it's dead easy just to go, oh, it's a bit gay. You know, it had a different connotation there. They nobody meant homosexual back then. It's just, it's a bit gay. You know, well, I and, meant as well, you know, writing 100 years ago, they're like, oh, gay and happy and the flowers. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and word, words change meaning and time and come in and out of fashion and rightly or wrongly in, in, in some cases. Um, but way back when, in this mythical age of the 1980s, you had to man up and get on with it. Um, if you didn't have the old stiff upper lip, and I, I'm talking as a as a as a, a man here, and who was a boy once, um, to not do so was effeminate. To not do so was and that was an inadequate. Term yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. Very good. Don't point. be such a girl. Yeah, like that's a crime, you know, yeah. but. Yeah, our kids' generation are generally much more accepting of one another and their differences. Oh, yeah. And um, are much more supportive mm. of one another and encouraging um, in a way that we just weren't. Well, because it was not cool at all. You know, and perhaps we specifically were a bit more inclined that way in our small little clique of outcasts. But like, you know, it didn't used to be cool to be kind. Now it's really cool to be kind. You've got the badge. Young people are more supportive to differences, more aware of difference. And going back to the previous point of you're trying to get what's in your head into someone else's head. And, mm. and the issue is that we don't, sometimes the our idea of, of what their headspace looks like isn't the same, you know, as the reality they're actually living in. So that understanding that other people are different to us and that that's okay is has to help with communication hugely, hugely. Yes. What, yes. what I was going to go into, uh, and just interrupt if you remember your point no, that you got distracted from, but um, you nearly slipped into it because you were saying the positive thing about them being supportive and then you sort of said, but there is this sort of intolerance towards... That's more the millennial generation, though, I think, um, than the Zoomers. But, it, but what it made me think is not particularly about that generation or even that behaviour, but it's just to do with the fact that there are people who are just out for their own game. Yes. You know, there are a lot of people who use, they understand communication very, very, very well indeed. Now, whether that's intuitively, they've never learned it and they don't know why, but they're just good at it, or whether they're basically mentalists who've like properly studied and can really cause people to behave in a certain way by suggestion and, and cunning. Uh, you're almost describing a sociopath. Yeah. Really so, is. And very, is. very good at mimicking yeah. the right things to say. Yeah. And I think there's there's a lot of that. So I think it's quite an interesting conversation because in a way we're not talking about anything that's new or, or different to various things that have been kind of topics of conversation for years, but just to be focusing on it and saying what is out there, what is going on, what is changing, actually it does feel like there is more awareness, there is more access to good information. Yeah, absolutely. Um I don't know what the overall stage looks like in terms of people's desire to communicate well versus people's desire to have an easy life or people's desire to be rich at whatever expense. I suspect that that does not change much or quickly. I wonder how they, that plays into effective I mean, my, my, communication. My, the point that I made earlier about, you know, God help kids, was 
more about how how do they deal with this nuance i mean are they are they um misunderstanding one another all the time or have they found ways to cope um or do they just not react so badly as our generation or generations before them might but that's because you think that they are likely to understand less because by text there is less communicated no, no, no. I, it's, this is about um identifying the misunderstandings yeah. so if if all of their oh, yeah. well, the majority of their communication is over text there's less of this to they and deal and with say, misunderstandings in a well maybe they've or... got more toing and throwing because mm. they're experts at it Maybe. In my yeah. experience, they're uh, learning to deal with the misunderstandings. There are misunderstandings. Yeah, maybe that it's, always maybe it's will healthier. Be. I don't know. But I think they they're having to manage them more and more frequently. And you would hope that that people would, yeah, that would be a healthy learning relationship. I don't know. I don't often hear my kids saying, "Oh, I fell out with such and such," or "I fell out." That's a really rare thing for them to go. I'm not friends with them anymore. Mm, I hear a lot of misunderstandings that happen. Um, yeah. online and via text even at a young age with my kids but then they're talking to me about how to manage those misunderstandings oh, yeah. which is fascinating schooled by kids <laughs> yeah they're so good at it yeah so um, when we're talking about communication and we've gone a little bit into the future and technology etc we happen to be doing a podcast we think we've forgotten that we are because we're just talking to each other but one of the things that I like about that is inclusion. I love the idea of inclusion. Mm. I really hate the feeling when people are having an interesting conversation and you're somehow shut outside of it. And you're like, I was on the bus yesterday and they ha were having a really interesting conversation behind me and I really wanted to turn <laughs> around. They came up, and I can't remember the name, but with a really, really silly name. I think it was someone toboggan. And they said that this guy had passed himself off that that was his real name. Who were they? Just random people on the bus. That's that um, thingy to buy a toboggan um, yeah, tongue that, twister. Michael knows that. That What's was his it. Name? That, so, but someone said that was yeah, his real uh, name. Michael can do that tongue twister. And I couldn't. I could only hear half the conversation because I was facing forwards, and I really wanted just to turn round and go like, oh, and ask them questions about what they were talking about. But I guess that's what a podcast is. So if we have people listening, we can go like, we are those people on the bus. Yeah. Um, nerd, nerding out on various things but to say to those other people on the bus you guys are included and we have deliberately done a podcast for that reason because yeah. we want to include people yeah, yeah. and it's a really good um, lead into the, the ask questions thing because we, I know you and I Al both get accused have been over the years of sounding like we know what we're talking about and like it must be a fact because we said it like we thought it was a fact which um, causes us much mirth. <laughs> yes, we don't know anything. And we really don't. And I thought as we've been talking today, we've got, you know, for all our interest in these subjects, we don't have any psychologists, any linguists, any behavioural experts, sociologists. You know, we're just having a chat. Curious is the word. That is, I'm not sure we found any answers to any questions either. No, but it, it, I, don't, I don't think there are. I actually had um, an opportunity to teach... A lot of six-year-olds um, RE. Was it yesterday? Yes, it was yeah, yesterday. Well, yeah, yeah. And it was great because I was able to say to them, um, right, we're going to ask as many good questions as we can. Let's not focus on the answers. And we got out a load of lollipop sticks and just started asking great questions. 
and that were written on the lollipop to have a chance to do that with kids and not just say here are the answers you have to stop thinking now but to send them all home with a pile of questions that they've come up with and just to spend some time with those questions not even deliberately coming up with answers but spend time with the questions and i think it's good to make a declaration that that's pretty much what we're trying to do here yeah because it would be horrendous if anyone listened and went oh I i disagree with those answers well let me try and summarize where i'm at there in the brand of we are talking about communication right now so me as this brain this entity sat here would deeply like to communicate to anybody who certainly made it towards this later stage of the podcast part of my heartfelt thanks is it's not so much about the words that we are saying and the conversation that we are having that we are trying to impart knowledge and wisdom into other people what we want to impart is that same curiosity that we have and i think what i would love to be able to get out of this is for people listening to go away and have the same conversation with their friends and their family yeah. like yeah. why why do we struggle with communication what is it that we do why why is this such a problem what is your narrative? Yeah, what is, what what is, is your my narrative? narrative? Why, why, why do I behave in this way? Why do you behave in that way? Why are we all so different? You know, and I, we're not here bringing answers. <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry to disappoint. We are here to bring curiosity and a little interest and excitement in the fact that there are so many fundamental questions that are really hard to answer. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't ask them. I'd go a step further in saying not just bringing our curiosity to anyone who's listening. I'd also say like joining our curiosity with with their curiosity or even bringing their curiosity to us because I kind of think that stuff's already out there. Yeah, I like... Um, well... I don't know. I think sometimes, I think sometimes I'm sure there'll be people listening to this thinking like, I've never thought about any of that, nor do I care. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because yeah. there is, we're talking about communication, but we are, we do have to acknowledge like the name of the podcast and everything. We do all have a similar, similar personality yeah. here where mm-hmm. we're all, you know, we can get really up in, in our heads with all of these words and all of these ideas. It's also okay not to have all of that going on mm-hmm. and just to be yeah, a definitely. bit more chill than we are. Because that's kind of amazing too. It's a different filter, a different set of filters. Yeah. Mm. Different inter- internal narrative. Yeah, but also when you're talking about like having a personalised news feed, like do you just fill your space with people who are the same as you or not? So if you are someone who's listening, going, "That's all a bit much. My head doesn't work like that. I don't understand." I'm going to go and find someone to listen to who speaks more like I do. Then I'd say, like, I'd encourage people like that to stick with it because, and I'd also try and find um, those spaces that are different to the spaces that I normally operate in because you've got to learn. We're we're talking about learning Mm. to put what's in our head into another head and not knowing what shape that head is. So you've got to get used to communicating with with heads that are shaped differently to yours. And if you're not going to push yourself into those spaces, then how is that going to happen? Mm. Maybe if we just communicate only in single syllables, then it, it'll be like sand. You can just then pour it into whatever shape rather than having like these whole sentences that don't fit in other people's heads. If all we do 
is like random. Well, not random. We take a sentence and break it down into all its syllables and then just spit them out like an old ticker tape machine. Isn't that what computer. we do? No, but in, in any old order, right? Then people can repackage them and just pour, like pour it into the hole. And then, oh, not the then it could be could be everything to everyone in different ways. It sounds a bit like my vegetable game where you make the noise of a vegetable and then you've got a form. You've got to hold that vegetable in your head as the noise happens. So if I went... Fruit or vegetable. Fruit or vegetable, yeah. So I went, uh-uh, uh-uh. What could that be? What is that in your head? Uh-uh, uh-uh. It's a ripe tomato. It could be a tomato. Ripe tomato. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Yeah, ripe tomato. Sweet potato, obviously. Sweet potato. But for me, it was avocado. That would be uh-uh, uh-uh. You see? I like the idea that you could actually write a little simulation so that you could take, like, there must be software already that will take your words, not yeah. just, obviously, well, it, will, just it will write it down, but it? they take, take all the phonemes from your words, randomise it properly, yeah, and then spit done. out pronounceable alternatives. So you just go, I'd like to have a dozen versions of this, and wow. you say, whatever, a paragraph. Isn't like isn't that like that clip that we saw online, which was how, um, what it sounds like when foreigners hear people speaking English? Yeah, yeah. that's so cool. That's really when you well done. To somebody who's not a native English speaker, mimic English. It like fe- we might go oi, 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 or whatever yeah. for a French person. That's really weird to hear back, but it's so recognisable, isn't it? Yeah. You hear it back, and you're like, yeah, that's totally. You I mean, it's like usually a quite RP it. vowel sounds, but like that's yeah. what people are exposed to yeah but that's an interesting thing you think you're, you're communicating clearly and that is actually what people are hearing <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly that's what happens when you are speaking to a foreigner all of your words make total sense and they just hear you speaking foreign yeah perception but isn't that isn't that what like communication is like every day yeah. like we're saying these words these words mean a certain thing the color red is the color red all of this is obvious in my head then someone else hears it and what do they hear Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Fascinating. And on that note, boom. Should we go and communicate off the podcast? Why not? Dinner and stuff, innit? Aye. And then we can talk about some other shit.